Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good stuff. And joining me, of course, is Kimberly Ann Curran. Kimberly, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. A lot of stuff going on today. We're going to talk about that second right beside her. Joining you guys in the live chat today, if you guys are in the live chat watching live, Ray Orr is here, Ray. Hey. And Ray, hey, how are you doing? going to the movies tonight. <laughs> yeah, going to the movies. Me and Ray tonight, going to go see Scream. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to do, our, we're going to do our right out of the theater reaction once we're done with Scream. And then over sitting beside him, of course, is Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? I'm just going to Scream. I'm not going to see the movie. <laughs> I'm going to scream. Just, just straight up screaming. Just like that. All right. Anyway, guys, it is good to have you here. And we are awfully honored that you guys would choose to take a part of your day to come and hang out with us here. And here's how today's show is going to go. We break the show up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we take some predetermined topics that we have lined up. Then in the second half of the show, we take your live comments and questions. If you get to, like to get a live comment or question in on the show, and if you're watching live, and only if you're watching live, go ahead and use the Super Chat feature in the YouTube chat, and we'll read off all those comments that get sent in at the end of the main topics. However, if you're watching during the other 22 hours during the day, and you'd like to send in a question to be on the show or an upcoming companion video, simply go and use the tip down in the description of the video, or the link down in the description of the video. It's a tip link. Click on that there, or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on our show, this show or a companion video, if we deem your question appropriate to be used on our show. And of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. And all of us involved with the John Campia show, thank you guys so very much for your support. A, a little bit of a heads up though, guys. We have a companion video that is done. That gets to a bunch of the questions that you guys sent in during to the tip questions. However, we weren't able to get it actually on the YouTube channel prior to the start of today's show. So don't worry if you're looking for that companion video, it's all done. It's all ready to go. I'm going to upload it and have it up on the channel after today's show is done, just to let you guys know who are waiting for that companion video to come out. All right, guys, with all that, let's talk about a couple of off the tops here, shall we? And the first off the top, we're going to talk about is this. You know, yesterday came what I consider to be the great news that the Oscars are going back to having a host. Right. And again, don't get me wrong, the year after they had to, you know, the year that they had to kind of pivot a little bit with the Kevin Hart thing and all that kind of stuff, they went no host. I got it. And you know what? It went off pretty well. That that Oscars went off pretty well. But the Oscars, to me, need a host. It's that connective tissue. It becomes the thing we identify that year's Oscars by, right? And he's he or she becomes that person that kind of, that connective tissue that takes us through the show and gives that particular year's show its personality. And i like to see them get back to that. Now, we talked yesterday about the fact that Tom Holland, Spider-Man, has said he's interested in doing that. And we got confirmation from The Hollywood Reporter that the Academy has reached out to Tom Holland to discuss the possibilities with them. Normally, I don't think I'd be all that big on a Tom Holland hosting the Oscars, but this year, given the current circumstances, I think there's a lot of upside to it. Well, it may not just be Tom Holland. Because according to a report going out there right now that you got to take with a grain of salt, but there's a report going out there right now that Pete Davidson is currently in discussions 
with the Academy to host the Oscars. Now, this is coming to us from the folks over at Joe Blow. They say, according to a report from page six, which you is not always the most accurate, just to say that. But according to a report from page six, Pete Davidson is being considered by the network to host this year's ceremony, and his representatives are reportedly in talks with producers. Davidson is being sought after because they hope by having him, the show will reach a much desired younger audience. According to page six, he gets a demographic that is hard to get. He is in a good space, his career is doing well, and he is on the rise. Nothing inaccurate about that, to be honest with you. He's a sex symbol, unlikely, uh, but he is big with a certain generation. And that's what's being reported here. Okay, look, I'm going to say this is something that needs to be taken with a grain of salt because it's coming from page six. However, everything that is said there does add up. It's the same kind of rationale about going for a Tom Holland. You want to reach a younger demographic. Pete Davidson certainly has that. He ain't the biggest star in the world, but you'd never know that by looking at his dating card. <laughs> if you look at his dating card, you think he's the return of George frickin' Clooney in his early 40s. <laughs> but, I mean, he is a big name. He's pretty funny. I myself would not be all that thrilled to see Pete Davidson hosting the Oscars, not because I don't like Pete Davidson, He's not really a movie guy, but John, he was in the King of Staten. Not yeah, he was in a movie, but he's not a movie guy. I, I prefer having a movie person there, right? But you know, that's just me. I would prefer if I had to choose between a Pete Davidson hosting the Oscars or a Tom Holland hosting the Oscars. I personally think it makes a lot more sense with Tom Holland hosting again because not only is he the star of the biggest movie in the world right now. He's also the star of the movie that is the first movie to really bring people back to movie theaters in droves, and that's something to be celebrated. Everybody adores him. Like, you know, whenever they announce a new Oscar host, and we really found, we knew this before Kevin Hart, but we really know it now with Kevin Hart, after Kevin Hart. Once they announce whoever it's going to be as an Oscar host, there are going to be people out there who dedicate their lives to digging through every single scrap of social media posting whoever that person is has ever done to try to come up with a gotcha moment right Pete davidson's not going to survive that no and pete davidson will will most likely not survive that vetting uh per se so but tom holland is a guy who probably would i mean i, I mean as much or as good as anybody right so i i'm okay with this i suppose if they announce davidson i'll be like all right well at least they have a host I don't think he's the guy, though. Not to say he couldn't do a good job, Rob. What do you think about the idea of maybe, a, well, number one, about returning to having a hosted format of the Oscars, number one. And number two, theoretically speaking, what would you think of a guy like Pete Davidson hosting? Like you, Pete Davidson doesn't have, to me, the gravitas and the glitz and glamour that an Oscar host should have. I mean, he, if anything, he's the de-glamorized version. If they're going after someone like Tom Holland, I don't understand why the obvious answer to have the Oscar hosts should be Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that yesterday, too. I mean, Andrew Garfield's a song and dance guy. He's a theater guy. He's mm -hmm. in Tick, Tick, Boom. He won the Golden Globe for Best Actor. Or, you know, do... There's so many, there's so many great, I mean, multiple hosts that you could have. Um, I... I like, I loved it when a guy like Hugh Jackman hosted. I don't know if that was the best show. I loved Hugh Jackman hosting. But I, because he's he's a song and dance man. Like, when he steps out onto the stage, you it's exciting, and they can do musical numbers, and he has a big smile on his face, and he's charismatic. And I mean, he's like Tom Hanks. He's beloved. 
He's beloved. Everybody loves him. And the, the Oscars, I mean, everyone's now talking about the deconstruction of Hollywood patting itself on the back. But you know what? When I was a kid watching the Oscars, it was it, it was something to dream about, and it was exciting. And 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 movies are supposed to be that. They're supposed to be larger than life and full of dreams. And let's bring that back. Let's not put them in a train station again and demystify everything and <laughs> have everybody talk about the fact that, yeah, well, you know, movies aren't that great. I mean, I hate that. I'll tell you what, though. I will say this about Pete Davidson. Anne, for some reason... Well, Anne really likes the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> she 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 really likes Jonas. And there was a roast, a Jonas Brothers roast. Oh, yeah. And Pete Davidson kept popping out in the roast. I got to say, he was really funny. No, he's really funny. Like, I, mean, I have no doubt he could bring some laughs. Yeah. Uh, you know, on that level. Kim, you know, we talked at length about the Oscars and everything tomorrow. The so we know what you and I think about it. But yeah. theoretically speaking, you know, we got to take it with a grain of salt. But for the sake of the discussion... If they were to go and get a Pete Davidson, you okay with that? Do you think that could work? Do you think it's a mistake? What do you think? You know, I I don't want to come down on him because, you know, I like him. I think he's really, really funny. I think he is very charismatic. But this is not an issue of are you good enough to host the Oscars? No, I think he's good enough. I think he's he's filled with talent. His life is going in a good direction. I feel like he's really growing as a person. He had some issues there, but I feel like he's in a healthy place, and I hope he is. However, right person for the right job, right? Just because you didn't get this job doesn't mean that we don't like you as a person. I don't think he's right for the Oscars at all. You know, well, if we're going to talk about who's right, if we're going to talk about who's right, there is only one answer. Because one of the big things they've been trying to do with the Oscars for the last number of years is also trying to shorten it up a bit. Ray Ora to host, host the Oscars. Oh, yeah. He'd be like, hey, folks, listen, we've already been going 20 minutes. Uh, next next, <laughs> next presenter, hurry. And then and he'll cook for everyone. And he'll cook for everybody. And if they win, if win. they do their acceptance speech after more than 15 seconds, you just say, Ray, come out. No, man, no, no it's, you're, you're done. And just start pushing them off. That's just exactly give me all the cards, and I'll open them and just read the winners. Just say La La Land, every winner. <laughs> La La, your winner, La La Land. Well, anyway, guys, the question is for you. What would you theoretically speak? Again, you got to take it because it's coming from page six. You got to take it with a grain of salt. But theoretically speaking, what would you think about a Pete Davidson hosting the Oscars? It does check a number of boxes going for younger demographic, all that kind of stuff. It, it could be problematic at the same time, too. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's do another off the top here, shall we? And that off the top is this. Now, my number one most anticipated movie of the year, everybody knows, it's the Batman. That, that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. But right up there is Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok 2, Thor 4, whatever you want to call it. That's the one I'm looking for. I mean, first of all, I've loved the Thor franchise, even, you know, understanding that Thor 2, The Dark World is there. I have still loved the Thor franchise right from Kenneth Branagh's Second most underappreciated comic book movie of all time, Thor 1. Obviously, the most underrated being that guy's right there. But when Taika Waititi came on board with Thor Ragnarok, it brought with it a new DNA. Like, it just added something to it. And even Chris Hemsworth would just gush about how it just renewed his love for the character, being able to add a new kind of dimension to him and the ability... To do very to do Shakespearean level tragedy. Everybody overlooks. Everybody just looks at Thor Ragnarok as some happy, funny, funny movie. 
Odin dies. Asgard is destroyed. Mjolnir is lost. He loses an eye and has to replace it with one that was in a raccoon's asshole. I mean, there are so many, but it's it's all that <laughs> stuff. Thing is, that's true. It's absolutely true. <laughs> but every so everybody just thinks about the hot jokes, but there's literally Shakespearean level tragedy in it as well. And what Taika Waititi brought to the <laughs> Thor franchise was a great injection of adrenaline, I, I thought. And Taika Waititi coming back to do Thor 4 is huge to me. Now, of course, one of the big players in the Thor sphere right now is Valkyrie, being played by the awesome uh, Tessa Thompson, who, we, who a lot of us first took notice of her in Creed. But she's a wonderful actress. She's fantastic. And I like what she does with Valkyrie as well. Well... She just sat down and did an interview where they talked about some of the new powers we can expect to see with Valkyrie. Powers that apparently were always there, but were never revealed to us, the audience, on screen. But this is what Tessa Thompson said about new powers we can expect to see in Valkyrie in Thor uh, Love and Thunder. She says the following. She, being Valkyrie, has weird skills, to be honest. She can sense when someone is close to death and she takes them into Valhalla, which is essentially the afterlife. She can revive people too. But when she revives people, sometimes she ends up in their body. It's a weird thing. It can be quite erotic. And then she has superhuman strength and is essentially God. That's what, let me read this all again. She has weird skills to be honest. She can sense when someone is close to death and takes them into Valhalla, which is essentially their afterlife. She can revive people, but when she revives people, sometimes she can end up in their body. It's a weird thing. It can be quite erotic. And then she has superhuman strength and is essentially God. I mean, this is not the same Valkyrie that, like if you just read that description to me and say, guess the MCU character, I would guess an Asgardian, something to do with taking them to Valhalla, sure. I would not guess Valkyrie, especially considering Valkyrie comes from an army of Valkyries, right? Like, and so I, I don't know. So all I'm thinking of now, is this something that she's gleaned that they could imply she has, or is this something we're actually going to see in the comics itself? I'm not super familiar with Valkyrie in the comics and all that kind of stuff and what she can and cannot do and whatever. But so I read this and she's right. This is super weird. This sounds kind of very odd to me. Like I thought she was just this great Asgardian warrior, but she has, you know, Grim Reaper, the, the, the ferryman kind of responsibilities. You got to give her a gold coin when she takes into Valhalla. I mean, I don't know, Rob, you're hearing about these new powers. To, uh, Emma, I keep wanting to say uh, Emma Thompson, that Tessa Thompson <laughs> is talking about Valkyrie having does this fall in line with how you think of Valkyrie? Is this kind of out in left field? What do you think the thinking is? What, what's your reaction to it? Well, it has it, it falls in line to what I think of Tessa Thompson herself. When I look upon her, I feel that she herself is so gorgeous. She has those powers for <laughs> me. Is. And that's why they cast her in the role clearly. Yeah. No, but I think with Taika Waititi doing this movie, this sounds like, I mean, the kind of thing that he might imbue a character with. Right. Because it comes right out of his humor. And I, I can understand, like, maybe they've done that. That's not exactly comic book canon. But I can see it. I can see it happening. I can see it happening. Um, uh, I just want a hot toy figure. 
because they didn't give us one for Ragnarok. But I want the armor Ragnarok. she wears is awesome. It's like, awesome. She always wears awesome uh, armor. Awesome. Like like uh, yeah. And no, I I'm look. These comments just make me even more excited for Thor: Love and Thunder because whatever we're gonna get, John, it's gonna be wacky and it's gonna be fun. I, I'm very curious about what she's referring to when she's talking about she can take over somebody's body, which is quite erotic. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm like, so that sounds like a specific scene to me. It absolutely. sounds like something's in mind, right? Maybe someone literally is dying and she brings them back from the brink. Maybe she saves somebody's life. Maybe it's even Thor's life. Who knows? Uh, but I'm in. It, 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 I mean, this is wacky sounding stuff. Look, Kim, when, when you see this, obviously, Tessa Thompson is an incredible actress. We The character's already really great. It does... I mean, honest. I'm gonna be honest. This sounds weird to me. I really love so the I don't know what do you face right now. Yeah, like it's like you know, you're, you look a little bit uncertain. What are you thinking about when you when you hear her describing it like this? I oh my gosh, oh my gosh! I just had this thought. Okay, how is Jane getting her powers? And you know, in the comics, Jane is sick, so she feels like somebody is near death. What if she tries oh, to revive I didn't even Jane? Think about this. She tries to revive Jane. And then accidentally ends up in her body or imbuing her power or in her. yeah or like she said you end up in her body and the movie is about how to getting through the whole movie tessa thompson's pretty much out of it because now she's in jane's body because she resurrected her or saved her because she was supposed to die and all of a sudden now jane's you're basically lady thor because you've got these powers and valkyrie like she's an amazing warrior what if that that's, that's what makes her and at the end of the movie they find something um what is it freaky friday and you know they put the coin in the fountain and switch back i didn't honestly i didn't even consider that's the jane point of view there that's interesting because okay, jane because if they're Bro. if they are boring from the comics right they're saying she's got like she's got cancer we've heard natalie portman say She's got this interesting situation where the more she use her, uses her power, the sicker she gets, which is interesting to me. Now hearing that, three points to Hufflepuff. I mean, your mind. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, wow. that's, a, that's a good thought that that's that could a, have, because I was instantly yeah, thinking right? it had something to do with Thor, but it probably has to do with Jane. That's a yeah, really good Yeah, she's in the beginning. Thought. Oh my gosh, I'm sick. I have cancer. Let me save her. But what sucks about that is, that means Tessa Thompson will only be in part of the movie. If yeah, she true. wouldn't really be. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't well, know. I don't know how that transfer goes. Event. It could just be a pivotal. Yeah, I don't moment. know what happened. I don't. I don't. It, you know, she didn't specify that the, the people switch. You know, like I become sick and the other person. She right. didn't specify yeah, that. No, no, no. But right. somehow her consciousness or her power, because how's how is because in this movie we know there's going to be a scene where Jane gets her powers. Right. She gets her mojo. Dude, bro. Plus, I mean, I could bro. see, I could see there's stuff. Maybe you, you know there is. I mean, there would be an. Uh, I'm sure Taika Waititi would make it erotically oh, it charged. Hilarious. That's why she says it. Like, there's something that's happening between the two of them where they're changing their essences. And yeah, uh, I could. That's why it's called Love and Thunder. Dude. <laughs> Dude. I mean, it, it could that be would, very. That would you know, this suddenly just went from being right. me something. So something that sounds very weird. To maybe being really exciting. Yeah. So I we'll see. We'll see. And then about when Thor that. kisses Jane, she's kind of like, uh, I don't like you like that. Yeah. I, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. All There's right. So anyway, much you could do with that. guys. Question is for you. 
What do you think about these descriptions of these new powers that Tessa Thompson's talking about? Does it sound just kind of weird? Or after what Kim said, does it sound like something that would be really, really cool? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump on down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. By the way, guys, listen, if Tessa Thompson is going to be ferrying people to the afterlife, you don't want to see her anytime soon. So you want to make sure you're eating healthy. How do you like that segue? Wow. That so we want to reach. thank one of the sponsors of today's show, our friends over at HelloFresh. We want to take a second and thank a sponsor of this video, HelloFresh. Now, listen, guys, if you are anything like me or Ann, you know, Ann and I are both working professionals. We don't have a lot of time. And what that often meant was... When it would come to dinner time, we would either settle with making subpar meals or ordering fast food way too much. I like fast food once in a while, but we were eating fast food way too much. That's why something like HelloFresh was an absolute godsend for us. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Listen, with HelloFresh, you'll be cooking and eating great looking and great tasting meals without the hassle of going to the grocery store and trying to remember everything you need to get on the recipe list and you'll be paying less. And look, I get it. You are probably saying to yourself or saying to me through the screen, John, you don't get it. I don't know how to cook. I'm telling you with HelloFresh, you can. Because the packages don't just come with all the ingredients properly portioned out already for you, but they also include clear, easy to follow instructions with images that you'll have no problems following. In 30 minutes or less, you'll be eating great and feeling pretty damn good about yourself looking at the meal that you prepared. So right now, guys, go on over to HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use the code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's 16 free meals and three free gifts. So HelloFresh, everybody, America's number one meal kit. All right, guys, don't forget to use that promo code Campia16. So HelloFresh.com slash Campia16. Use that promo code because when you do, it actually helps the show. So thank you very much for that. And thank you again to our friends over at HelloFresh. All right, guys, with that down, let's now move into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campia Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic, issue, or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampyshow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, Kim. What is our first main topic today? All right, guys, this is coming from Raiders Nation for Life. Hello, John and team. I thought I was reading something wrong today when I read in my newsfeed side by side were stories about Jason Momoa finishing shooting Aquaman 2 and news that he and Lisa Bonet are divorcing. One is super exciting and one is heartbreaking. I always thought they'd be a celeb couple that would make it. Was it a coincidence or planned to announce both on the same day? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Raiders. And uh, good luck in the playoffs. Oh, the Raiders got to play the Bengals. That's oh, right. Oh, yeah. no. So Sorry, I take that back. Not good luck. Curses to the Oh, no. It's <laughs> not, it, my football thing doesn't get that violent or aggressive. <laughs> it's just whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, you're, you're right. Listen, uh, we don't talk normally here on this show about the TMZ stuff, who's dating who, who's divorcing who, blah, blah, blah. 
But it was kind of interesting that yesterday we get news, two very important big pieces of Jason Momoa news. One, of course, is that uh, they are now finished shooting Aquaman 2. Now, there was some hints about a month ago that they had already finished, but apparently they weren't because now they put out the big post that Aquaman 2 is done shooting. And now it's just all post-production between now and when it comes out at the end of the year. Very excited about Aquaman 2. I like the first Aquaman. Rob, I know you love the first Aquaman. I love Aquaman. the first Aquaman. Love the Loved first it. Aquaman. So looking forward to seeing this one. But at the exact same time, like literally when I was looking at my news feeds, like these stories came out like at the exact same time. Uh, Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet announced that they were getting divorced. Do I think it's coincidence or planned, I think it was planned that those two pieces of information got out probably to drown out the one a little bit. So I think that was probably the plan. And that's not a bad thing. I, that's a good thing. I share Raiders for Life sentiments. I'm very sad about this because we everybody just assumes every celebrity marriage does not work. Mm -hmm. Like we just understand that none of them work. But there are those very, very few exceptions, right? Uh, I can't remember Hugh Jackman's wife's name, who was like more famous than him when they first got together. She's an actress and they are like, they're forever. They're, that's a forever couple. Like, De that's Beverly Furness. Thank you. Thank you. That's a forever couple. You know, uh, we hope that Tom Hanks and uh, Rita, uh, Rita Wilson, yeah, Rita Wilson. Th that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson are forever. Uh, we have hopes for, for these ones. But when you understand the story of Jason Momoa, and Benet, like he grew up idolizing her and then he actually got to meet her and he actually got to marry her and they had children together and they've been together. I mean, I think they started dating 2005. So they've been, they've been together a long time. So I just, I just put them in that same category. I thought that's a forever couple. That's a forever couple. And so, yeah, I was very, very sad to hear about that. And you know what? What is also kind of sad for, I mean, I don't often feel a lot of sympathy for celebrities, but, you know, if you're a breakup is bad enough, if you're anybody, if you're a celebrity in a breakup, now you got everybody's talking about it in the news and everything like that. So if this was planned to announce that at the same time about dropping a big announcement that Aquaman 2 is finished shooting and blah, 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 that's actually probably a pretty smart thing to do. And, and, and I'm all for that. Now, as far as Aquaman goes, though, this is exciting to me. You know, you know, what's my word, Rob, when this this thing happens? It's the tangibilization. Yes. Aquaman, when they finish shooting a movie to me, it's no longer a theory. It's no longer this thing in the ether. It's shot. The footage, and now they still gotta do all the post-production work on, but the movie's shot. The sets have been struck. The cameras are no longer rolling. This movie's a real boy now in Pinocchio terms. It's a real, <laughs> real thing. And I am, listen, I'm very excited about this because I love Jason Momoa. I, I, I actually, in the early days, I don't know if you remember this, Rob, in the early days before they announced Ben Affleck, after seeing the not-so-good movie Bullet to the Head with Sylvester Stallone and Jason Momoa, I said, this Momoa guy, he could be our next Batman. And everybody kind of laughed at him. I'm, I'm, I'm like, seriously, I, I could totally see this guy as the next Batman. Now, it ended up being Ben Affleck, who ended up being my all-time favorite Batman. But then Momoa came into the DCU anyway, 
as Aquaman, yeah. and I really love the way he carries himself as Aquaman. I think he's kind of built. The, he brings a little bit of that Hawaiian vibe to his Aquaman, which is a very unique thing that only he could bring to that role, which I think, brah, you know, I, I could just totally, he brings a little bit of that. He brings a little bit of Mahalo to, to Aquaman. <laughs> and I think that's great that he does. I love it. I liked his can, uh, his chemistry with uh, his dad. Of course, Boba Fett is his father in this world. I, of course, love his mother in this world. Uh, I even really, I, I know it's it's always oh, controversial to bring up Amber Heard. But I like his chemistry with Amber Heard in these I movies. So I, there's a lot I like about Aquaman. So to me, this is a very exciting thing. Rob, you know, as excited as I am, I got to admit, my, my soul hurts a little bit because I thought that was a forever couple. But you're hearing this movie... It's in the can now, as far as shooting goes. They're going into post-production. How are you feeling about that? Where's your anticipation like for Aquaman 2? And and the, the fact that the same day, this unfortunate news about him and Lisa Bonet breaking up. Well, first of all, I have to say there's a video on YouTube of Jason Momoa having Lisa Bonet's like, original first car. It's like an old Mustang restored and turned into just cherry oh, wow. condition. Then he gives it to her and they drive off together. That's like one of my favorite go-to, I'm having a bad day, I go to YouTube and watch that video. Now I can never watch that video ever again. Uh, but that hard. said, I love seeing that picture of Patrick Wilson, Jason Momoa, and James Wan on the beach in Malibu or wherever they were shooting. Because they were shooting here, which leads me to believe it was probably some pickups, things that they were they needed to go get. He said the majority of the film was shot in the UK. But yeah. it's, it's always nice to see that happen. Like As you know, like I thought... The first Aquaman was just big, goofy fun. I loved it. I just loved it. I, I was surprised at how much I liked it. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom? Come on. I mean, as long <laughs> as you've got armored sharks and armored seahorses and 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 Oh, and, don't and forget drum about playing the, the drum playing octopus. That's I mean, say. I want to see a marching band of sea creatures, you know, playing, leading the way when the saints go marching in. I don't know what they're going to play. I can't wait for this movie. Um, you know, it, it tickles my whole Ray Harryhausen when I was a kid, Jason and the Argonauts. Bring it on. I can't wait. Kim, you you hear about, uh, the, for, first of all, the, the Aquaman. Where's your anticipation like for Aquaman 2? And you know, you got any thoughts about the same day, the exact same time we find out about that, we find out about Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet breaking up? Yeah, I loved the first Aquaman. I loved it because I was thinking to myself, um, I'm always interested in the evolution of CGI and visual effects. And I'm like, how are they going to do this world underwater? And I was just fascinated with how they created this world underwater and and how people's hair was flowing and their movement was so fluid i was just in love with the graphics i mean obviously not bad to look at but and the story was okay but for me gra it was a it was a visual effects triumph and i'm so excited to see what they come up with next i think he is perfect aquaman he's naturally like a man of the earth and sea so it's kind of like man of the earth and sea man um but in terms of the unfortunate divorce look he's got young kids it hurts me it, it hurts me i don't know them but it does hurt because i mean if you grew up with denise huxtable you just love her. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? But also their love story I thought was so cool. And like, I, I guess something about his love story, like when he met her like at, at a bar or something and cause he's so huge, he just picked her up and was like, you're my woman. And I'm like, 
You're going to go my way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, an idea for I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how large someone would have to be to pick my ass up, but I thought that was so romantic. But as my grandmother used to say, you all up in the Kool-Aid and you ain't got no mix. So in terms... <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> wow. You're in the mix. So in terms of people speculating... You know, or, or accusing what happened. And I heard he cheated. And girl, I heard he was selfish. It is none of our business. It is an unfortunate thing. And I hope the rumor mill just slow your roll. <laughs> leave it alone. They had to make an announcement because they're public figures, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll be separate, maybe homes, maybe separate states. But their kids are young. They were really, they're one of those couples where I really felt like they're really in love. And there's this documentary, the short documentary on his YouTube of their life and how outdoorsy they are with their kids. And I just respect how they crafted this wonderful exploration for their kids, this way of life that was like, not much TV and video games, like let's rock climb, let's hike. I respected that. And so I hope people continue to respect their privacy. It breaks my heart, but um, I'm excited for Aquaman and I and I wish them both just, just the best. Although I, I will say one sort of thing. I, I kind of chuckle a little bit whenever I see these celebrity couple divorce statements yeah. and they always write, you know, we both so cherish and love each other still and blah, blah. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, you're divorcing for a reason. Well, I look mean, at Bruce Willis and Demi Moore. Yeah, but that took, like, yeah, they, the, they kind of built their relationship to, back up. To yes. do that, you have to get along. You have to love and cherish each other to support each other's new marriage and to co-parent I know, but that's in rare. that way. That is rare. Because if, if, if rare, if it but still, it's real. No, no, no. If it was still, <laughs> it's rare, no, it's, it's not. Real. Because if it was still, oh, so tender and such deep devoted love, then you wouldn't be divorcing. I mean, but I get it. What are you going to do? You're going to get out there. Like, you got to come out there. I thought it was a very good statement they put out. But I just, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not picking on them. I think all celebrity couples do this. Yeah. The uncoupling, uncoupling. Yeah. Just, just that word. I mean, an honest one. <laughs> we're uncoupling. We're, is that even a word? An honest one would be, hey, look, we're celebrities. We got a lot of stuff going on in our lives. We, it just causes stress and tension. We started getting on each other's nerves. And now we feel it's better for us and better for our children if we go our separate ways. But I mean, nobody wants to write that because every, then everybody starts pointing fingers to point blame and they shouldn't do that. So I like the statement that they put out nonetheless. So, so now we got a new show. It's What's called it? Girlfriend Wife Watch. <laughs> because everyone's girl is on notice right now from Jason Momoa. He's out there. He's going to come get you. Oh, the hose. <laughs> Wife, yeah, well, on the flip no, no, side, no, but... Lisa Bonet's free, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, come but, on but, now. Because uh, uh, Pete Davidson has been on that girl <laughs> Wife Watch already. So, add Jason Momoa to that. But anyways... The That's a new Wedding Crashers series for you right there. Jason Momoa and Pete Davidson. A but brand I, new... But oh in terms God. of the picture, I really like Patrick Wilson in everything he's in. Oh, he's, the picture's great. Yeah. He, no, he's a great... I think he's a I, good he's actor, a great for, actor for the types of roles he plays. He's, he's really good. I really like yep. him. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? Where's your anticipation level right now for Aquaman 2? Are you excited now? Does it level up that excitement when you see that the shooting is now actually done? You see that picture of them on the beach saying, yeah, we're done. What are you feeling about that? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Kim. What is our second main topic today? All right, this comes from David. Hey, John, so I watched the latest episode of The Book of Boba Fett, episode three, 
and I'm left underwhelmed and embarrassed. It felt lame. The epic car chase scene oddly felt like a fight scene from a Power Rangers episode. Holy cow. <laughs> what do you think of the episode? And does this make you worried about the future episodes to come? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, man. And yeah, listen, it's it's been a bit now since, the, uh, since Boba Fett episode three aired. We're going to talk about it here openly. Uh, so this is a, a show that's on TV. So if you still haven't seen it, and you don't want to hear anything about it. Well, that's on you to cover your ears and, and move away for a second. But Book of Boba Fett episode three. I was not satisfied as a viewer with Bo Book of Boba Fett episode one. I thought two was a definite improvement. I, I, I was like, okay, okay. Then came episode three. Now let me talk about what I liked in episode three before I talk about everything else. That moment when he returns on the Bantha to the Tuscan encampment and finds them all dead, I was surprised how emotional I felt at that moment. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't cared two squirts of urine for these Tuscan raiders in the desert. I haven't cared about this story at all. And yet, he arrives back on that Bantha and everybody's dead. I felt it. I'm like, well, hell, would you look at that? There was actually yeah. a little bit of... Now, I don't know if it was three episodes of buildup worth of payoff for that moment, but that was a good moment. And and I enjoyed that, and I felt it, and I thought that was great. There were a couple other things that I enjoyed seeing. Like, I, I am enjoying the dynamic between Boba Fett and Fennec more and more. Like, to me, I mentioned this on the show yesterday. To me, speaking of Godfather, she is like the best consigliere like she is like she calls him on it but she's absolutely loyal like she could chase after the guys he all he has is his looker say fennec alive that's all she needs to hear boom she goes gets him brings him back alive right like whatever he needs he does and we often forget that in mandalorian he saved her life he found her left for dead in the desert and he's the one who saved her life and I, and I like that, and I think that's been even deepened even more here. So I like a number of things quite, quite a bit about episode three. And then there's all the other stuff. Oh. The Moss Espa Vespas. <laughs> Ray, I mean, I, I couldn't tell if I was watching Luca or Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> but they should have had Sons of Anarchy Jackson's with like the Moss Espa Vespas, just riding their Vespas around. And I mentioned this on yesterday's show, Rob. I, I, I said this. So let me get this straight. So these kids in these clothes, these massive cybernetic enhancements, and the most colorful things on the entire planet of Tatooine, these Vespa speeder bikes, these are the kids that have no work and can't afford a glass of water? <laughs> really? And then, to take it one step further, Boba Fett finds the Mos Espa Vespas, He's never met them before, hasn't heard of them before Root, Stephen Root went and found them. And without knowing a thing about them, other than the fact that they said a couple of snarky, disrespectful lines to him, he goes, well, you're the type of people I should hire. I hope you can fight. Like, really? You're the, I don't know how to pronounce it, the Diamo? The Diamo. You're the, you're whatever. You're the crime boss here? You ain't going to make it long as the crime boss here, Boba Fett. If you're hiring fighters that you've never seen fight. Oh, yeah, but they're young kids and they say some pretty snarky comeback lines. I bet that means they can fight. What? What are we talking? <laughs> what? Seriously? 
You're not gonna, you're not long for this world as a crime boss, Boba Fett. I'm sorry. And then I, while I love Steven Root, because I just saw him in succession as well, I love him. I just kept ex expecting him to say when he says, What have they done? I kept expecting him to say, They stole my stapler. They st <laughs> it's my stapler, and I'm gonna burn them now. I mean, I just, I, that's, that's all I see. Plus, I love Danny Trejo. But that sudden appearance of Danny Trejo, to be honest with you, <laughs> felt more jarring than anything else. I mean, and they imprint on the first person they see. Oh, that's kind of cool. Get a little bit of background on what the Rancors are and how they work. Okay. I dig that. And I think with that little bonding moment between Boba and the Rancor, I want to ride him. I mean, I, I think we're getting set up for something pretty exciting later on in the show. I do. I, I think we're getting set up for something pretty exciting. Uh... Kratantan, 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 Black Kratantan. I have pronounced his name. A lot of people hated that fight. Killer Chewie. Killer Chewie. I didn't hate the fight. I'm going to be honest with you. I know everybody else hated the fight. I didn't mind the fight. I like when he cracked his back. Oh I yeah! I was like, "Ooh, that sounds like it felt." And good. you know what else I love? Because it just got right back up, or, and he wasn't like, kill him. he wasn't like, "Oh my or, god, my back!" Yes, or it could have, should have crippled like, him. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Yeah, it's all good. Come on. But I mean, I like the fact I want to see badass Boba Fett, but I also want to see that unlike Steven Seagal movies, <laughs> that he's not completely invincible. Like you, you catch Boba Fett, then you're also <laughs> got a sense of stakes, right? So I, I didn't mind the fight, although I think it was Kim who brought up a really great point. How the f did he get in? Yeah, where, where are these that. guards? Where are these? Where are these? Where are the Vespas? Where are the Gamorians? The yeah, no, it's a no, cave, no, bro. The it's not. There's no door. It's just an open cave. Boba Fett has a. I mean, it, Jabba had a gigantic door <laughs> to let you in that R2 and, and he didn't did fit knock in no on. air duct. No, he did black curtain. Community living it's over community there. Community living. Community living. So how to get whatever. The fight happened, the fight happened, whatever, I'm, I'm fine with the fight. What is pretty interesting, though, is it does break canon with the comic books. Because remember, Disney brought up, bought that, they say everything from now on is all canon. The comic books are canon. Well, we've seen this Wookiee in the comic books. And what his backstory is and what led him to this. And this kind of breaks that. I mean, you could do some fast talking and maybe try to make it make sense, but it, it kind of breaks canon. That's fine. That's fine. But at the end of the day, and that that chase scene through the city was awful. You could really feel the lower budgetness of the whole thing. And they're driving high speed chase. I felt like I could have jogged and caught up to them at any time. I just Not could have jogged and caught up to them. And the visual effects were questionable at some points, too. When you're asking the question, are is the book of Boba Fett a disappointment? There's a lot of people online asking that question right now. And I'll be honest with you. I am shocked when I think about this is from the same team that brought us Mandalorian. It's not like John Favreau just said, uh, let's get this. Let's hire this other B squad to go and do Book of Boba Fett. Okay. No, this is Favreau wrote this. Him and Filoni are executive producing it. This is the same team that brought us two glorious seasons of Mandalorian that just seems to me to feel like it gets better and better and better. And they're the ones behind this. And I will say yes. Up till this point, I believe Book of Boba Fett is a disappointment. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Not at all. But considering the setup they gave this guy in Mandalorian Season 2 
and what we come to expect. And I guess he doesn't, he, he developed a fear of flying because now he's got to walk to town every day instead of taking the slave too. <sighs> I mean, uh, yeah, you know what? I need to get my steps in Fennec. Let's walk. Let's walk into town. And then the, the huts are coming out. Now let's not take the sail barge out there and then be carried off. No, let's just have our little slave guys carry us through the desert to get what? I don't know. So yeah, I'll go look. Have I given up all hope that it can get better? No, I have not given up hope they can get better in episodes four or five, six and seven. We still have four episodes to go. There are still chances it can be really good. But right now, yeah, I'll say this show is a disappointment right now. I know, Rob, you've been watching Book of Boba Fett. We haven't really talked about it. No. But what did you think about episode three? And overall, how are you feeling about the series as a whole up until this point? I find this show so far rather perplexing. Um, Robert Rodriguez directed the first and third episodes, and I thought that the direction, I was surprised. I mean, cutting his teeth on stuff like El Mariachi, where his camera work and his understanding of editing really gave a movie that had basically no budget, a lot of wit and verve, and it was action-packed. It was fun to watch. I'm, I feel like I'm watching some anemic live-action Saturday morning cartoon or <laughs> live-action, like Arc 2 from the 70s. There's a reference for you. But what really bothers me about this show is Boba Fett is kind of an idiot. Like, I, I'm seeing, here's a guy that in Empire Strikes Back knew Han Solo's tactics, knew that Han Solo was going to float away like the rest of the garbage, and was able to anticipate this and, and get the jump and get to Bespin before Han Solo did. He was a cunning uh, guy who understood what to do, a very competent guy. All we've seen, especially in Robert Rodriguez's episodes, is Boba Fett having his ass handed to him, and both both figuratively and literally. What does he want? Why does he want to consolidate? It's like he seems so haphazard. I don't feel like Boba Fett has any plan in this show. It's like he goes and he, he, he sees the same shot of himself watching his father fly off in the save, Slave One, which they've like reused twice now, and he doesn't have any plan. And I don't, I don't believe he can succeed. Everybody's way ahead of him. The mayor, the mayor of the town, like, oh, we walked into his office and, oh, he locked himself in his office and, oh, he was able to escape. I'm like, bruh. Come on, man. Put Fennec at the back door. <laughs> like, why do you both walk in together? I, I don't. I, I think tomorrow Morrison is trying really hard. I've liked the sand people stuff, but I just find myself thinking Boba Fett is kind of a boob who doesn't know what's going on. And I don't understand. Like you pointed out, he walks up and hires some randos with their colored Vespas. Like, why would you come work for me? What do you have to offer me? Why would you be altering your bodies? That's kind of dumb. <laughs> it's like getting is that the new form of tattoos you know when you're 30 you're like oh, i regret cutting my arm off and replacing it with this <laughs> have done that. you know i mean i don't know man I'm, uh, look i'm still tuning in i hope it's gonna get better but it, it's just a mishmash of bad ideas it's uh. like a, it's like a salad that has too much fruit in it <laughs> all these damn pomegranates <laughs> Well, uh, Ray, you've been watching this show with me. I mean, every uh, Tuesday night, we're here. Midnight comes. We watch it. I, where are you? How are you feeling about Book of Boba Fett right now? Well, not knowing a lot of this backstory of Boba Fett, I actually like it. Like some of the things you guys pointed out, yeah, it's there, but it's not enough for me to, you know, not want to keep watching more. I, I think the only part that bothered me was the, the little song and dance number they did at 
at the end of episode two. Oh, dancing around I, the fire? Yeah, because I actually fell asleep and I woke up thinking it was the next day. That's how long that part was to me. <laughs> <laughs> like during it, I was at your table sitting in the back. I usually sit in the back while John's on the couch and stuff. I sit at a table um, and I fell asleep like right there at the table during that part. But all honestly, he asked, he asked me after because Ryan was there too. He asked me, but how long was that dance scene? I'm like, it was maybe a minute or two. Why? He goes, well, the dance scene started. I fell asleep. And then I woke up and they were still dancing. <laughs> so I wanted to know how long they were dancing for. <laughs> it was a Maori haka. It was great. I fell asleep while they were dancing. When I woke up, they were still dancing. So I didn't know how long they were doing that for. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm not at the point where I don't feel like we should stay up to watch it. I definitely want to stay up and watch the next one because I actually think it's getting better. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not... I lowered my expectations for all Disney Plus shows, and I, I'm just riding with it now. So whatever comes on, as long as it's there, I mean, I appreciate that they, they brought a Boba Fett story to us. It may not be good, but I appreciate that they're bringing <laughs> something to us. What, what about uh, you, Kim? I mean, you've, you've been watching it. Where are you at right now with what we've got from Boba Fett so far? Well, you know me. Like, I set an alarm to get up after I've been sleeping for a little to watch the show. And then I, it's easy for me to fall back to sleep. But I watched this at 4.30 in the morning, but I had to start my day. I wanted to go back to sleep so bad because <laughs> it just put me to sleep. I was so bored. I was so bored. And what, what, what I don't get, because you know me, I, I didn't read the books, the Star Wars books. And so I love learning about this world. But the little I do know about Boba Fett is that he's he's a badass he's a cutthroat badass and this guy he is a gentle diplomatic a little bit slow of a fighter um diplomatic kind of gentle poetic guy and i feel like even though i don't know much about boba fett i'm like this isn't wait what that's not who i heard about like that it doesn't seem to match up with the lore in my it, in terms of what i'm seeing um is this how he was in the books? Is this how he was in the comics? Was he this gentle? Am I missing something, John? Uh, was he actually this no, gentle no, and no. diplomatic <laughs> no. and, and kind and poetic? And honestly, the the Minotaur, the um, the creature uh, that he got as the a rancor. gift, the Rancor. Thank you. I called it a Minotaur. Um, <laughs> the Minotaur, <laughs> the guy with the legs. Um, he was petting that thing and staring at that thing for so long that I thought it was going to be a jump scare. Like it was gonna just wake up and go. Grr. It took, he was like, in, I'm like, you wanna lift his leg? Do you wanna look under his arm? He's inspecting, he's staring at it. Like, I, just, I thought it I'm was just a so nice in love moment. with it. I thought it was a nice moment. It just, I just, I, I mean, I just, I'm so, I just, can I write it? Bro. Here's a question. Either get on it or just get out of the room. If they released Hawkeye, all, all the episodes, all at once, would you like like liked it or or you think that would have been better for the show? Because I'm nah. thinking with Boba, that's what they need to do. Like going well, it, it highlights the thing though that this this was another episode that was thirty something minutes. Yeah, I, I don't mean, want to watch the, the next. I can't episode. remember how long it was if you minus the very long credits. Like I, it's so it's you're in the thirty minute range again. Car so chase that was yawn a very long yawn inducing car chase. You yeah. take into account you're staying up at that time, right? So yeah. you're investing something already, and then. 
you know, that's why I'm thinking if they dropped all of it, then like maybe the people could see it as a whole and not judge it on episode. You would know. fall asleep. Yeah, I would yeah, fall asleep. No, yeah, you would totally you fall would asleep. I would totally deep. fall asleep, but I mean, yeah. I would get through it by the end of the month. But it, no. it, look, I, if I sat down right now and watched <laughs> and just watched all the first three episodes back to back right now, it's not any better. Oh yeah, it's what? not. It's not any better. What it's missing is we don't understand where it's going. Like succession. We all know that the four children are somehow competing to become the leader of the family. We understand that. We don't know what Boba Fett wants to do. Like in the middle, in the middle of all of this intrigue, the Hutt show up and go, yeah, I know, we're sorry we tried to kill you, but here's a rancor. And then we have this side trip to hang out with the rancor for a while. Well, what does that have to do? Obviously they're setting up that he's gonna ride the rancor into town to wreck shop at some point, fine. Wreck shop against who or what? Who are the people he's like? What's he trying to do? I don't know what Boba Fett wants. He just walks into town to talk to people and he doesn't have a plan. Well, now he wants revenge, obviously. Revenge against revenge what? Against well, whoever, what? whatever is that. But why yeah, is he even but, put, but, he doesn't have to take over the town. Oh, like, right. I don't even know why he wants to do that. He didn't even get mad that, that they sent a hitman or a hit chewy to, to kill them, to kill him. He wasn't even like, how dare you? Well, he they did, were say, like, he did like, say we've got to respond. Yeah, but then they were like, we're sorry. And he was like, mm, okay. Like, <laughs> but you know what this makes me think of? Remember how they were saying that Harrison Ford might do a Luke Skywalker like, like at the end yeah. of Mandalorian? I so don't want it to happen now because it'll be that thing that kind of saves the show. And I don't want it to happen now because it will, it will be this amazing highlight and it'll make the show even lower because you'll be so thrilled that something freaking happened. Look, if he gets in a really great fight next week and I see some explosions or I see something intense or he gets he actually gets mad at somebody and he uses his jetpack like be all of Boba. I just right, one one other thing I should point out here cuz somebody a John D in the live chat said, "Well, you know, one of John's precious WandaVision was only about 30 minutes each episode averaging out. Yeah, and I complained about it every week. The difference, though, the difference, though, is that when the WandaVision episode would end, I'd be like, no, 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 don't end, don't end. This is so good. Boba Fett episodes end, and I'm like, don't end yet because you haven't gotten to anything good yet. Like, so there, there's a thing. So, yeah, I complained every week about the length of the WandaVision episodes too. But part of that complaint came from like, these episodes are so good. I don't want it to end. With Boba Fett, I feel like, please keep this episode going so I feel like I was vindicated in staying up to watch this show. And and that's the difference right now. By the way, I put up a poll in the live chat while we were discussing and asked you guys, has Book of Boba Fett been a disappointment so far? Uh, almost a thousand of you guys have responded as 68% of you are saying, yes, it is a disappointment so far. 32% of you are saying, no, I'm not disappointed in this show yet so far. We still have four episodes still to go, guys. Let's see how much it can turn things around. Whatever you guys are thinking about it right now, jump down to the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three, shall we? Kim, what is our third main topic today? All right, this is coming from Tommy Doyle. I just saw an oh, IG, IGN 
article that officially confirmed that the Matt Reeves Batman is rated PG-13. It caused a fair amount of backlash as fans expected it to be rated R based on those epic trailers. I'm still very pumped about the movie, but to me, this was a bit of a surprise. What do you make of this? And will there ever be an R-rated Batman movie? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And um, yeah, so I'll be honest with you. I wasn't even going to talk about this because the... The news came out that the Batman was going to be indeed PG-13, to which I was water wet. Of course, everybody knew it was going to be PG-13. I mean, that's what Batman should be. That's that's what it is. I was really surprised to see the amount of backlash I saw online and the debates going on online about a lot of people really, for some inexplicable reason thought this was going to be rated r which i thought that was kind of like the tooth fairy like maybe something you believe in if you're six but as you get older you know that's not the case and and the, the find out there was oh actually no wait actually there's a lot of people that really believe in the tooth fairy there was a lot of people that actually thought the new batman was going to be rated r they were expecting it especially as it turns out after watching the trailers they're like well that's the trailer to an r-rated movie no, it's not. There, nothing happened to those trailers that looked R-rated. But it did launch a lot of discussion, a lot of debate online, some passionate debating I saw going on. My basic thought on the whole Batman rating is this. Batman never should be rated R. And Batman never needs to be rated R. Look, remember, The Dark Knight, which had the infamous pencil scene with the Joker. <laughs> love that scene so it's much it's great that's a pg-13 that that's a pg-13 you and we often talk on the shows like what like when i often when i have a discussion with somebody who wants batman to be rated r i always go to this so you're saying you want titties no no, no i'm not saying we need titties in a batman movie okay so you're seeing you're saying you want to see a lot of explicit sex no i'm not saying we need a lot of explicit sex Oh, so you just think it'd be more cool if Batman said, fuck more. No. Well, then you're okay with it being PG-13. I, I mean, I, I don't know where to say. Anyway, this comes to us from the folks over at Variety who write the following. The film has been rated PG-13 for strong, violent, and disturbing content, drug content, strong language, and some suggestive material, according to the MPA. Sources close to the film say the Batman, which is grounded more in reality than recent DC adaptations, was able to nab a PG-13 rather than an R rating because it doesn't have excessive foul language or nudity. Sorry, Pattinson fans. And though intense action scenes abound, it's more along the lines of exploding buildings and wrecked cars than merciless stabbings or shooting sprees. With that in mind, the less uh, provisional rating isn't a surprise since Christopher Nolan's exceedingly grim The Dark Knight trilogy were christened as PG-13. So again, when I have a discussion with somebody about this, this Batman and wanting it R, I'm like, so you're either saying you want a bunch of sex or you just want him to drop the F-bomb more. And that would magically make it a better movie? I mean, Batman would be better if it was rated R. Why, because titties would make it better? I mean, I, I just well, don't understand. <laughs> well, only on Cockmax. <laughs> I don't know what the 
thinking is there. They, this does not need to be rated R. We saw the level of violence, so we're going to get in these trailers. That is PG-13. I, I think people think PG-13, and they think Pixar. That PG-13 <clears throat> is family-friendly. You can do a lot in PG-13, and I'll go one step further. I think you can do everything you need to do in a Batman movie in order to do a great Batman movie. So look, would I have complained if they had made this rated R? I wouldn't have complained if they made it rated R. That's fine. But the R rating wouldn't have made it any better. This isn't Deadpool where you kind of need to sort of be, if you want to do the Deadpool they're doing, you can do a PG-13 Deadpool, you can. But if you want to do the Deadpool they're doing, that's got to be rated R. Mm -hmm. But Batman does not need to be it. That's just my take on it. Rob, you and I, we've had this discussion a bunch Many times. over the years. But now, you know, this Batman movie with the trailers we've seen for it, the kind of grim the dark, that visceral kind of feeling to it. Number one, are you surprised it got a PG-13? And number two, what do you think about the notion that maybe it should have been rated R? Well, first of all, I've never understood why people judge a film by its rating. Raiders of the Lost Ark is PG. Jaws is PG. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom has Molaram ripping out some dude's heart and holds it up while it's beating and it turns into fire. <laughs> and that was PG-13. And like you pointed out, the Nolan trilogy is PG-13. What does a rating... I mean, look, De Deadpool has a lot of body, sexually suggestive humor and some incredible violence. I understand that. And the way that that movie works, it's great for that movie. I don't think a PG-13 or a PG Deadpool would be as much fun. But for me, Batman, like you pointed out, Batman is kind of in all ages, as much as it can be as grimdark as you want it to be. But Batman's still Batman. They can't, I mean, Joker's a murderous, he's a murderous psychopath. So an R rating for that film's fine. But Batman, I mean, come on, you're gonna have kids and their parents going as grimdark as it may be, as, as, as killer or stab stab or however psychotic the Joker or the uh, Riddler turns out to be in this movie. Do we need to see heads on pikes to convey the violence? I don't think so. I mean, to me, a great movie, it doesn't matter what it's rated. I mean, 2001's rated G. So is Star Trek The Motion Picture. Do I like them any less because they have G ratings? No. Yeah, now you could have, if you if they wanted to make it R, they could have. And I'm sure that when discussing a new Batman, considering, you know, the six like remember, before R-rated comic book content would flop. But there's been some successes with it lately. So I'm sure there was probably some conversations at some point about, okay, well, if we're gonna do Batman, should we should we consider a rated R? I'm sure that was part of a conversation. Sure. But again, it just comes down to what was not in the dark night that you feel kept it from being a great movie. A, a lot of people, I don't personally, but a lot of people consider The Dark Knight to be the greatest comic book film of all time. PG-13. But anyway, Kim, you're hearing about this, you know, the discussion that goes on between, it's got a PG-13 rating, which I don't think was ever going to be in doubt. But, you know, do you think there could be advantages to there being a rated R? Or do you think PG-13 is exactly where this thing should be? PG-13 is exactly where this should be. It's exactly where it should be because I look back at Christopher Nolan's version and it blew us away. I think sometimes on some of his um, of, of the trilogy, I'd have to um, pause and like wait for the rating to pop up and go, wait a minute. What was this? Was this? Oh, oh it was PG-13. Not that they were throwing around F words, you know, because they couldn't. But it doesn't need boobies. It doesn't need 
the F word. Did you see him? I am vengeance. Boom, boom, boom. He doesn't need to be. I am effing vengeance. I am effing vengeance. Is it going to make it? Well, you were kind of soft the way you said it. You should have said the F word. No, he got his point across very clearly without saying the F word. And I think Catwoman, she's going to be sultry and sexy and powerful and action oriented without showing her tits. So calm down. Get over it. Darn it. <laughs> no, but like I said, calm down. Get I over think, it. I, I know. I think you're making a really good point. I mean, if you think about the Dark Knight, and the opening heist sequence. Oh my when, gosh! So when much when yeah, Joker yeah. is killing people with, he's machine gunning them down. Yeah. You do not see blood squibs. You don't see blood squibs, and they did that because if they had Paul Verhoeven blood squibs where blood is erupting from bodies, then you would have you would have garnered an R rating, and they don't have to do that. And was the scene any less effective no, without the blood squibs? No, it was squibs? not, because you know what? You don't rec You don't even realize there's no blood squibs there until you go back and watch it, and even now, mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, there are no blood squibs. Because it doesn't... He's still gunning a dude down. If you want to make the gunning of somebody down much more graphic, if you want to do a David Fincher 7-esque version of the Batman, I'd be there for that. But the Batman character is appealing to all ages and it would really curtail i think the um audience sure it could do joker money but in the long run are you doing a good thing for the batman franchise by Ray, making it r rating what about me i mean I, i'm curious because you know this thing about balance between rated r pg-13 you're as a viewer what would you want to see batman rated as um it's just fine but i wanted to, <laughs> i think the rating is just fine but i want to point out that opening to the dark knight that rob just mentioned it's like one of my favorite openings to a movie. Just because of because the music is like, and it's like then you hear the the little ticking of the watch, and there's a whine at the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's completely effective. You watch that scene. It's a tour de force shot in IMAX. That's why that DVD is in my car. Like just. I've never taken out of the DVD player. I always watch that. You watch I mean, the, not you watch, watch the movie while, while you're driving. driving. Not while I'm driving. <laughs> but there's sometimes where I have to wait outside a store and like, you know, so I'll put that on and that opening is just great. But anyways, <laughs> the rating, it doesn't bother me at all. But John, like, one, it doesn't need blood. Yeah. One thing I was thinking is say they were redoing Silence of the Lambs. Right. And they were making it PG-13. I can understand being upset at that. Yes. Certain stories with certain characters where it's appropriate, where this character, he's cutting someone's head off. I mean, it wasn't Silence of the Lambs, it was a sequel, but when he was eating, what, Ray Liotta's brains? That, yeah. That's that, in Hannibal. That, that in Hannibal. Yeah. But that, that needs to be there because that's that character, that's that story, that's that history. So, yeah, I'd get upset if there's, and there's a, a template has been set for it. Uh, it's a template that's yep. been set, and that is, that's how hardcore this character is. So I would be pissed if they said, we're going to do a PG-13 Silence of Lambs. Then you get upset. But if you've never seen a Batman where it was all the stuff that you're complaining about and now you're upset because the next one is PG-13, just like the amazing, legendary Christopher Nolan trilogy. You know, you know what else, too? I mean... Like, if you think about it, say there's some R-rated sex scene between Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson, which I would not object to having. But I think something like that would feel actually really out of place in a Batman movie. Remember, what's, what was that animated Batman one where Batman just fucked Batgirl on the oh, rooftop? Oh, I hate, I hate. What, what was it, a killing joke? Or was that a death? Yeah, I think that's a killing joke. Killing yeah. joke? It's like, it wait, made no sense. And everybody's like, what? 
why is this here? This doesn't this doesn't do anything for it. No, and it totally made her. Look I, I, I agree. That character. Alive. I mean, as beautiful as Zoe Kravitz is, does it's it out of place? It would be. It would not feel like a Batman movie anymore. Yeah. Even in the comics, they don't have like R rating. I mean, they Dark Knight Returns stuff like that, but it's still weird. Like it just would feel weird. And and huge graphic violence. I mean, Batman beating somebody with his fist is enough. That's like, whoa, man, you feel his fury. But if you were to see like somebody's teeth popping out and their whole face like an, yeah. an irreversible beat to a pulp, it would just be like, ugh. Yeah, if you wanted to see Batman taking out a batarang and like after he beats that guy in the face, pulling out a metal batarang and then start stabbing him in the face with it over and over again. Okay, you could do that, but it's not consistent with the character and everything we know anyway guys we could probably talk about this all day the question is for you what do you think about this batman the batman i should say has been given officially a pg-13 rating are you surprised about that do you think it should have been r where are you guys feeling about this right now jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts and speaking of beatings no that's not a good segue <laughs> That that was you the wrong. Should have said speaking of R-rated. Speaking of R-rated, ladies and gentlemen, you know what? You got to take care of yourselves. Rob, I don't know about you, but if you're having guests over to your house, do you just leave a mess or do you tidy up the place? I always tidy up. You, know? you always tidy up. <laughs> so guys if you're gonna have visitors to your domain, you want to be as tidy as you can. Listen, that's why we are so happy. To have Manscaped as one of our sponsors of this video. Check this out. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Manscaped. Now, look, guys, it's a brand new year. It's time to make some resolutions about taking care of ourselves. And that includes taking care of our balls for too long. Too many guys I know have been using like beard trimmers or even worse, this part of the electric razor to take care of the area down there. It's barbaric. It's like trying to carve the statue of David using a dull butter knife. Thankfully, there is a solution for guys like you and me, and it's Manscaped. Manscaped is a company dedicated to giving us guys products to take care of the parts that we often forget to take care of properly. Now, I've been using the Performance Package 4.0. The package includes the backbone of their line, the Lawnmower 4.0. And listen, I love this thing. It's designed and built specifically for our ball area, giving the best and most comfortable results that I have personally, honestly, ever had. And you have to try to believe it. It also comes with the Weed Whacker. It's a specialized tool for, you know, your nose and ear hair trimming that Ray Ora himself just recently used for a special event, and it worked better than his previous tools. And I gotta mention the body wash. I am not joking. I used the body wash for the first time about a week ago, and you can ask Kimberly, Ray, or Rob, or any of them. I came into the studio that day raving about how I haven't enjoyed taking a shower this much in a long time. The body wash is fantastic. Also included is the crop preserver. That's your ball deodorant, guys. Take care of yourselves down there. And also don't forget the crop reviver, which is a ball toner. So guys, get 20% off and free shipping with the code campia at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com make sure you use that promo code campia it's the new year guys no pubes in 2022 with manscaped and remember guys use that promo code campia when you go to manscaped and we of course thank manscaped for being one of the sponsors of the john campia show all right guys with that down now, let's move on and start taking your live comments and questions that you guys have been firing in since the start of the show. So, Kimberly, what do we got up here first? All right. Our first one comes from Brandon Blake. 
Beth Dutton, all time, all timer TV character. I don't know if I'm ready to put her as an all timer, but she is one of the best characters on TV. Yellowstone finally got some due from the SAG Awards. It's best ensemble cast. Yeah. She is definitely one of the big reasons for that. I love that character. All right, what's next? B.W. Rosa says, hey, the John Campia show. Did you all see the Godfather 50th trailer? I know this guy did. I certainly did. Godfather's my favorite movie of all time. I pre-ordered the 50th anniversary box set. Cannot wait. I'm going to go see it in the theater yet again. And listen, I'll, I'll tell you what. I have never seen the Godfather on the big screen. Oh, on the so big screen. So you awesome. know I'm going to go see this. I can't like, wait. Oh. Anyway, you know, what does your dad feel about the portrayal of Italian Americans in that movie? My dad loves that movie. Okay, good. My dad loves that movie. Like my my dad's thing is is this like because you know I sometimes I've I've wondered before about the portrayal how Italians are often portrayed as the mobsters and whatever. I've never personally been bothered by it because I've never seen something that suggests that all Italians are like this. It's just that the mobsters here, these are Italian mobsters. These particular Italians are mobsters. There are Italians who are own bake shops or Italians. So I've never, my, my dad's never had a problem with it. So I'm good with it. All right. What's next? Donut Head says, these bro jokes are becoming as bad as Arnold's <laughs> Mr. Freeze ice puns oh. from the Batman and Robin. Let's kick some ice. So when we have to start the show late, I say, sorry, guys, something was broken. I apologize. That oh, was terrible. Boy. That was that was bad. I, I was watching the Bro Sidon adventure last night. Bro Sidon adventure. <laughs> oh, see, now you just did it. Oh, sorry. That's just yeah. a welcome what are, mat. What have we done now? Welcome mat to all the folks. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just said it again. All work. right. Oh, What's can't. next? Oh, God. K Major says so everyone's just going to forget. We watched Joker make a pencil disappear this. in a PG-13 movie. That scene still haunts me. Awesome scene, though. I mean, listen, again, when you understand that scenes like that, all the other stuff in The Dark Knight, the scene that we even see in the trailer for the Batman with him, putting that guy down and then beating the living shit out of him. It's PG-13. We, we're going to get this. We're going to get a good, dark, visceral Batman movie. Mm -hmm. I have high expectations. All right, what's next? Andy says, just watched Scream 1 through 4 for the first time ever, and I love them so much. Just hope I don't have COVID like my sister so I can go watch Scream 2022. Uh, I mean, first of all, good on you for being considerate of other people who Thank may you, be Andy. around you. All I can say, man, I first, I'm very excited about going to see Scream tonight. I, which is crazy because I think the series is terrible. Other than the first one. I, I like the first one, too. I do, too. I like the first one. Uh, but still, I can't believe I'm excited. So me and Ray... Our buddy Ryan, we're we're gonna have some dinner here tonight. We're gonna go watch the movie, and then Ray and I are gonna do a uh, an immediately out of the theater reaction. It's gonna be Ray Oris first. Ray Oris first out of the theater reaction. I know he's gonna blow up the. I'll internet. be like, man, the the best parts I didn't fall asleep to. <laughs> I only slept thirty minutes of this movie. Four stars. All right, what's next? <laughs> Andy says, I was going to ask if there should be a John Cena biopic, but then I realized that two years ago, Universal Pictures already gave us the Invisible Man. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Get well to his sister, too. I'm sorry. I had to. What's I, that? Get well to Andy, that same person who asked us next. Oh, person. that's right, because you mentioned his sister. He sister we should well thank you. That, that's why Ray's looking after our yeah. chat with people. Yes, yeah. get well soon to Andy's sister, man. <laughs> Definitely. All right, what's next? Wait, wait, wait. He, he, he asked something, right? Andy? The one uh, John Cena. Oh, okay, okay. It was in The Invisible Man, because you can't see him. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> and eventually, it hits him. <laughs> eventually, it hits him. All right, Sorry. what's next? Jackmaster Norad says, Hey, John, I watched the new episode of Superman and Lois, and I really loved it. Have you checked it out yet? No, I tapped out on the show. 
Uh, I really, I really liked the first seven, eight, whatever. I really did. Then they reminded me this is part of the CW extended universe. I was really enjoying it kind of as its own isolated thing. And I did not choose to then stop liking. It's just that once it kind of did that, it muddied how I saw the show and I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I'm not saying the show got bad. I'm just saying I kind of tapped. Have you been watching? Super I watched Marvel? it up to what was it? A hiatus. It left for a while. Did it? Yeah. And, <laughs> and then that's when I, but I liked it. I mean, but to me, it's, it's, you know, the TV superhero stuff is not as much or not as fulfilling to me as the movies. There are exceptions. Yeah, there are. Like like Daredevil, Punisher, but yeah, well, you're yeah, right. But those were like speaking. limited, you know, so I felt like, okay, you watch a season of Daredevil, it was a nice combi uh, uh, compacted full story. But these CW shows just go on and on and <laughs> on. And, and that's fine on. if they're good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's next? <laughs> Frederico Jordan says, I remember seeing Batman Returns when it came out, and I loved Keaton's Batman ever since. It's a little surreal that we're going that we're going we're going to see him don the suit alongside the flash. Just crazy. The other thing you gotta keep in mind too about this. Here's the other thing that's nutty about this. Is that if you were to cast Michael Keaton today, forget that he's 70. Forget that. If you were to cast him today, a lot of people, probably me included, would be going, Michael Keaton is five foot six and a buck forty. He can't be Batman. And there was a lot of people that talked like that when he was first. Yep. Mr. Mom? Mr. Mom is gonna be Batman. <laughs> really? Brokeback Mountain Boy is gonna be Joker? I mean, but a lot of people was Mr. Mom. Let me get this straight. Mr. Mom is going to be Batman. And, but it wasn't as elevated then. I think today it would be, but yet here we are. They were all really excited to see Michael Keaton back right. in Batman. You know what I mean? So it's it's funny how things kind of change. All right, what's next? John Redcorn says, I think Holland is a great choice to host the Oscars. The ratings have been slipping the last few years, and having him host could attract younger viewers. I think there, look, I already said it yesterday. I think there's a lot of upside to Tom Holland. Again, he's a very big star right now. He's kind of, he is the star of the movie that has brought people back into the movie theaters in record numbers. He's, even though there are some people that don't like he was cast in Uncharted and whatever, everybody likes him. Yeah. He is a song and dance kid. He can do it all. So like, under these circumstances, coming off of the, the train station Oscars last year, yeah, I think it's a good choice. <laughs> I, I think it would work. There could be better choices, but I'd be very happy with him. All right, what's next? Devin Griffin says, Ben Affleck is not done playing Batman. It a lie. Um, no, it's not. I mean, this this back this one thing back here being the flash, this was kind of his way of being able to more gracefully exit. Um because he was never going to come back at all. But this Flash thing offered him an opportunity to do a graceful exit. You're not going to see him, especially you just hear his comments from it again. And again, I say this to somebody that Ben Affleck is my favorite Batman. And I want 20 years of Ben Affleck's Batman. I want him playing Batman until he is the Batman from the Dark Knight comic. That's how long I want to see him playing Batman. But eh, it is what it is. All right, what's next? Cody Hunt says, watched Empire of the Sun last night. Nice. Wow, what a great movie. You could tell even then Bail. that... Yep. That Christian was going to be a great actor. I love the exploration of a child's perception of war. You know, I don't know what you feel about this, Rob. I, that is, I think maybe about a year ago, Empire of the Sun came out. We said that is one of the greatest movies that doesn't actually get talked about a lot. No, I, you know, it's funny. When I first saw that movie, I thought it was over-directed. 
I thought it was too much. I went and saw it opening day, and over the years, I believe it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it, it's a fabulous. I mean, one. when when, when the fall of Shanghai and all those people in the when he gets separated from his parents, it's it's wrenching. So good. All right, good one to bring up there, Cody. Great score, too. Well brought up, Cody. What's next? Jackmaster Norad said, speaking of the book of Boba Fett, I wish people would stop comparing it to Mandalorian and judge, just judge it on its own merit. Okay, here's the thing. You can do both. You can judge it on its own merits and you can compare it to Mandalorian. It is a fair comparison. We, it, book of Boba Fett is literally a spinoff of Mandalorian. Uh, it, it is taking place at the same time in the same universe, being done by the same people, all that kind of stuff. So it is totally fair to compare it to Mandalorian. But you can compare it to something else and yet still judge it on its own merits. This show on its own merits so far is a slow, clumsy, at moments kind of fun thing that none of us would be paying attention to if it didn't have the name Boba Fett attached to it. And that, I say that's my own personal reflection on it, on its own merits. And then we compare it to Mandalorian and we go, my God, how can it be like this when they did same people, same universe, same everything made makes Mandalorian so good. And, and so I think it's possible. I don't think it's an either or Jack Nord. I, I think you can properly do both. That's just my take on it. All right. What's next? Wiley Todd says it's scream day, baby. Scream day. <laughs> I can't wait to see this movie. I'm going to the live Q and a screening for it tonight. I just hope I love it. I listen. I hope I love it too. I've never been excited for a scream movie. I am excited about seeing it tonight. I don't think we're getting a live Q and A or anything like that, but uh, I hope you have fun at it, man. I love live Q and A screening, so I hope you have a good time at it, Wiley. All right, what's next? Mister Downtown says, "Hey, John and crew, ready for NFL playoffs? Yes. Fresh <laughs> Prince of Bel Air is getting a genre reboot as a drama, and it's weird as Game of, Thro of Thrones as a comedy. I'll tell you what. I finally watched the trailer for it. Not impressed." Yeah, I, I like the concept. Was it the quality you didn't? Yeah, it, feel it, was it very felt high? it. I don't know. I don't know. But I love the concept of doing Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as a drama because the concept is built as a drama. It's kind of when you think about the concept of, of, of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, it's weird that it's done as a comedy. When you really think you know, about you're it, right? Yeah. Kid, underprivileged kid, streets of Philadelphia. The mother gets incredibly worried about the trouble and the danger that, that the, his their, her child's life is in all the time just by living there. Ships him off to live with a wealthier family and other thing. And the culture shock of tr both of the family bringing that child in and for the child going into a totally different set of circumstances. That's drama. That's not a comedy. So when you when you really think of it, but I, I will admit I watched a trailer and I didn't like the trailer. That doesn't mean I won't love the show. But I thought the trailer was kind of weird. All right, what's next? Casey Max says, gotta say, I don't know if you've seen Peacemaker yet, but their opening credits are a lot different from stuff that I've seen. That's James Gunn for you. Today, I'm going to watch those those episodes. Yeah. Of the, you haven't watched it yet either, right? No, no, because it, it dropped. I, I, I guess it dropped at midnight last night. I yeah, totally, and I totally forgot it was coming out at midnight last I night. I totally forgot it. Or, or else I would have stayed but up I'm gonna and watched go, it. I'll watch this afternoon. Yeah, we can talk I, about it tomorrow. So we will talk about it more tomorrow. Did either of you guys watch uh, Peacemaker? Not yet. Okay, no, I well, went to see three five five. Oh, really? I forgot to say I didn't mention when I came in the office. What? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Tell us something. Lay it down. It was great. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Look, it's it's not heat. All right. It's not. <laughs> we don't need it to be heat. I don't understand why it made so little money. I think it was marketing. It was really good. That whole girl song, that was at the end credits and you couldn't even really tell. It wasn't like, hey, girl power. Blah. 
It was really good. The action was there. Diane wow. Kruger was whooping. Well, she- Diane Kruger's great. I love Diane Kruger. And I like that it didn't do that um, that Michael Bay thing where it's like a pretty Victoria's Secret model that punches a guy that's three times her size and then flips him over her shoulder like it's he's weightless. No, they were getting beat up and they were it was a very good movie. It was yeah, it was predictable, but it was really good. I don't understand the criticism. Wow. Go see it. I'm gonna have to go see it now. How can you just drop that on us now? I just (laughs) he asked I, I thought about what I was doing yesterday and why I didn't watch Peacemaker. All right. I forgot to mention it. I know when we come in the office, we usually talk about everything. So we will talk about Peacemaker tomorrow, but thank you for sharing that. All right, what's next? Andy says, the tracksuit mafia's favorite villain in the MCU is Thanos because he's he's voiced by Josh Brolin. Or Uh as they call him in Eternals, Thanos. 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 I love the way she says that. Know, at least, at least the joke was right there. Brett. Brolin. Thanos. All right, what's next? Suthia says, theory. Mr. C and Mr. B struck a deal to have Mr. B live in studio on the condition that neither will speak of the forbidden phrase, new era Star Trek. Oh, no, you'll, you'll probably hear us debate Star Trek a lot. You'll probably hear us debate <laughs> Star Trek a lot. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, I, there are things, there are certainly things I don't like. There are certainly elements I don't like, but overall I like new Star Trek. I think it's fair to say there are probably elements that Rob likes, but generally speaking, Rob does not like new Star Trek and we will, we will go at that uh, quite often. So you've told me about some things you've liked. Come on. You've told me about some elements you've liked and I've told you about some elements that I don't. It's like. true. True. But uh, yeah, we are like very, there's a beginning we are on the opposite end. side. There's yes, we both acknowledge there's a beginning and an end. Credits seem to be spelt properly. The camera generally seemed to be in focus. No, but uh, yeah, we are on diametrically opposite sides when it comes to new Star Trek. All right, what's next? Andy says, to answer your questions from yesterday, the bro movie title that made y'all really like it was either Ghost Brosters Afterlife from my 2021 list or Fantastic Bros. The Secrets of Dumbledore. 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 I think that's the one we really like. I like how I gave a list of bro movies first. And since then, everyone else has been adding to this sweet chaos. <laughs> Dumbrodor. That, uh, that was the good one. I wasn't here yesterday to hear that Dumbrodor. No. Perfectly placed, too. The no, no, no. I think you were here. It wasn't yesterday. I think you were here when the Dumbrodor. Yeah, I think yeah. we all like, laughed. I think that was the one that everybody I, said I must to us. Really, really mind. good. Think about where you place the bro is the most important thing. You yes. Know? It's the placement. <laughs> the placement. I love that he called it sweet chaos. Sweet chaos. No, that's not so sweet. All right. What's next? Hey, John Redcorn says, at this point, get Kanye to host the Oscars. <laughs> that, hey, listen, if all you want is to watch a train wreck, go ahead and do that. All right, what's next? Jackmaster Norad says, I know this will never happen, but I'd love to see Jeff Dunham and his puppets host the Oscars. I know he's not a movie guy, but it would be funny. And right now, most people across the internet are like, who's Jeff Dunham? Now, he performs a lot in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, I think the only reason I know who he is is because I'm in Vegas a lot. And so, yeah, there's that. He's actually pretty funny. He is actually pretty funny. But yeah, that that wouldn't happen. Probably no, because most people never even heard of him. All right, what's next? Suthia says, in the trio of super predators in 2010 Predators, one of them called Tracker had the mask with two tusks. The suit actor, Carrie Jones, is now Chrysanthemum. Oh, 
Oh, so same guy. Cool. I didn't. I didn't, right really. I didn't I, know that either. I, I know. love it when our viewers throw in little bits of info like that that I actually find really interesting. Nice. Thanks for throwing that in there, Suthis. That's really interesting. All right, what's next? Zishan says, DC got what they wanted. The scene where Batman goes down on Catwoman got cut for that PG-13. I remember that. What, no, what was that? Remember, that was a big kerfuffle that went on a little while ago that somebody said, for instance, we we're not going to show Batman going down on Catwoman. <laughs> and that caused a big... Mm. Like mm -hmm. a big brouhaha. Yeah. People are like, um, oh, and I can't remember what some, some of the jokes were great about that. All right. All right. What's next? Mr. Hank Dunn says, I want them to bring Seth MacFarlane back to host. I can tell you what, unpopular opinion. I didn't think he did a bad job hosting the Oscars when he did. Again, I prefer a movie person rather than he did 50 ways to die in the West or however many different ways there were to die right. in the West. Yeah, but he's not generally a movie guy per se. I do love Ted, though. I really like Ted. All right, what's next? Matt Shaw says, enjoy Scream tonight, guys. Seeing it tomorrow. Can't wait. UFC question. Kane versus Nagano versus Kane. Who you got? Also, Mastival versus Covington just announced. Oh, well, I didn't know the Masvidal-Covington fight has been made. That's a fight they've been trying to make for years. Mm. Um, I really don't like Covington at all. Other than maybe the top two guys in the division, obviously Usman being the king, other than, than the top two, he's the best welterweight in the world, Covington. Uh, but he, he can't beat Usman. Usman's a champ. I mean, you can't beat him. Uh, Masvidal, I've always contended is overrated. He's a good fighter. He's got a, a better than average record. He is not the insane savage people make him out to be. Now, don't get me wrong. If I get in the octagon with him, he's beating the shit out of me, of course, but I'm not, but I'm just saying, I think he has always been an overrated fighter. I think Covington uh, beats the hell out of him. And I think Francis loses the heavyweight title. I wow. really do. I, I think Francis uh, Naganu, who, by the way, we just saw in the Jackass trailer, <laughs> but I think Francis loses that title. I, I think he's just facing a guy who's just too complete of a package. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm not going to put money on it, but we'll see. I, I would put money on Covington destroying Masvidal, though. He'll destroy Masvidal. All right, what's next? Massive Jada says, host from popular film is better than popular Oscar. I don't know what that no, means. No, 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 no. He's talking about how they had this idea of doing the most popular movie before. He's saying that um, getting a more a popular host is better than the idea they had a while back. Of having but a new award host from popular film oh. is better than po okay 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 yeah yeah you're right Ray that's exactly what he's saying that a host from a popular film like a Tom Holland is better than having a category for best popular film yes oh yeah best popular film is the most idiotic ass backwards idea ever to come out of that cluster clown of idiots over there at the Academy Board ideas ever like thankfully they didn't do it so cooler heads prevail but yes you're right massive that would be better all right what's next Walid Haji says, what do you think of Patterson's physics in Batman? No idea what you got to be more specific than that. I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. What's next? Luis Enrique de la Pena says, shout out to the best YouTube show crew. Oh, Bron no. Campia, Kimberly, <laughs> <laughs> Curran, uh, Robert Meyer, Bronette and Ray Brorora. You all rock. You know what? 
cringy as it is, that wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> that that wasn't bad. Now and then you get pulled back in. To that, this, that, yeah. This Sweet chaos. That wasn't bad. All right, what's next? Michael, ha- um, Michael Hamilton says, top five lightsaber duels. Palpatine versus Windu, Anakin versus Obi-Wan, Darth Maul versus Obi and Qui-Gon, Anakin versus Ventress, the Clone Wars, Wars Darth Vader versus Luke. John thought um, it all depends on where you talk. If you're talking about the drama of it, then yeah, the Vader versus Luke in the, in the Emperor's Emperor's throne room in return of the Jedi is the greatest lightsaber fight scene in history. As far as pure choreography goes, I got to give that to, um, um, Obi-Wan and, and, uh, Qui-Gon versus Darth Maul. I mean, the choreography of that is just too great. I mean, that, that is the best lightsaber fight scene. Also, Windu versus Master Yoda. Not uh, not Windu, I'm sorry, Doku versus Master Yoda. I know a lot of people didn't like that, and I hate the prequels. I love watching Yoda fight. Yeah. I, I the, the way when he first of all he comes into the room, like there's that dramatic moment, there's that pause. You hear the click, 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 Doku looks over, and in comes Yoda with his little cane, and then like, motherfucker! He goes like oh, starts to like yell at people up and like I love <laughs> <laughs> to me. He goes, what? <laughs> like, I know, but he goes crazy and just like the, the flipping and the bottom line. I, I loved it. I like ate it up. I thought it was great. So I put that up there too. Uh, to go back to that last question he asked about the physics oh, thing. Yeah. He meant physique. What did you think? What do you think about Robert Pattinson's physique? They definitely go with a trimmer, a leaner. Batman, and that's fine. You you can do We're, that. I just need him to be in the best shape he can be. Me and Robert just talking about how uh, the suit looks like so comfortable now, like from all the re- yeah. iterations they had before. You can move now. Yeah, he can go back to that Michael Keaton Sheesh. Batman outfit. I yeah, I just yeah. feel for him back then, man. That that was like having like uh, fondant on you. Yeah. Did you hear <laughs> Val the, the in the documentary Val when Val Kilmer's talking about how he hated being Batman because that. The, suit. the suit and everything, oh, yeah. He was like, it was like being in a coffin. He's the oft-forgot Batman, I Val know, Kimmer, right? as a matter of fact. He was I, good. I liked, I liked him as him. Batman. I didn't love the movie, but I liked him as Batman. All right, what's next? Luis Enrique de la Pena says, this is the last one. Oh, no. What's the tracksuit mafia's favorite musical? That's kind of good. Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> All right. But, um, I'll, give you, I'll give you that one. That was okay. not bad. Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, I'll get that Pretty works. Good. As long as Rob keeps smiling, it's working, baby. <laughs> All right, what's next? Luke1234 says, if, oh, if Army Hammer were to be cast as Hannibal Lecter... <laughs> Would that make him the greatest method actor of all time? <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, I love it, baby. <laughs> what? Uh, Am I like the only person that's... Yeah. It's <laughs> so funny because you were over there rolling. That's pretty good. You are rolling. Because I just, I just figured out what he's being accused of i didn't ever bother to read about whatever oh so you never you never heard about yeah any i never of that heard stuff. about any of that stuff so now all the jokes are coming back to me uh, uh way, i'm gonna see if i can find this i'm not sure that i can and i certainly can't do it in a, in a timely manner but i'm just gonna see if i can do it quick so you guys know that i've shown this once before but here we go i'll do it again so there's this one time i was talking to army hammer and i, I brought up this image and I said, you know, in hindsight, why does he look hungry <laughs> as he's looking at me? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is making so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh was God. I there, too? 
Uh, was that you, the first cinema con? You might have been the one holding the camera yeah, there. Yeah, yeah oh, that, wow. you were probably there too. He probably looked at you like you were yeah, a no. sweet Filipino sweet dessert. Filipino sausage. <laughs> longanisa, baby. What? what? A big pile of longanisa. Let's go. <laughs> Eat me, army. <laughs> All right, Dude. go, go, go. What's next? Dude. <laughs> Kayo says, I just want to point out that Hellboy, the Hellboy reboot was rated R and it was hot garbage covered in the aftermath of eating Taco Bell. <laughs> True. Yeah, like just, just make it rated R. This could be great. That's that's not how it works. That's you a know. really good thing to bring up. Or go, yo. That's a really good thing. I'm sorry. The hot aftermath of eating Taco Bell. Is that what it is now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's from that? Enrique Caceres says, Spider-Man 4, Home Alone, perfect title. I, I, it, it's, I mean, a lot of people joked that was going to be the joke of Spider-Man 3. Like, everybody joked Home Alone. Or, or because the pandemic was going on before they released the title, remember, everybody thought Spider-Man, work from home. That, that, that was going to be the thing, too. I remember that one. All right, what's next? Josh Avila says, it's interesting that your top two underrated comic movies are Thor 1 and Man of Steel. Man of Steel. I find both to be similar dad issues. God cast to earth, love interest, fight in small desert town with small group, etc. <laughs> I, I don't think that that has anything to do with the similar. I mean, those Very are similar. Those are digging under the surface similar. Like you could that's like kind of digging around for the similarities. But but I really do like obviously I think Man of Steel is the most underrated comic book film of all time. I, I love this movie more every time I see it. But Thor one, the other two is in my top three is uh, Man of Steel, number one, I think Thor one. I went to go see that seven times in theaters. And then I went seven times to go see that. I And that was before having A-list. Like, wow. I just I just paid out to go see it every time. <laughs> so there was that. And I honestly think the third one, it's always underrated by people. I think it's Captain America, the first Avenger. I think that first Captain America movie is way better than it gets credit for. Yeah. I, I think it's a really, really good movie. It has a lot movie. of heart, too. It does. It has a ton of heart. Anyway, okay, what's next? CMG2491 says, okay, I have the perfect Oscar host that checks all the boxes they've been looking for. Good Canadian kid himself, Ryan Reynolds. He's hilarious. And, oh, here it is. And he's great friends with all the greats in the industry, including song and dance man himself, Hugh Jackman. You're ready. You're welcome, Academy. I said about a year ago. Now, the best thing on Twitter the last five years has been the fake beef between ryan reynolds and, and hugh jackman <laughs> it's the best thing on twitter it's so funny i said about a year ago well first of all if you're going to do a new face-off reboot it's got to be ryan reynolds and hugh jackman i just think that's that's <laughs> it right there but if you're gonna do you could have hugh jackman and ryan reynolds host the oscars together that that there you go that's perfect it's it, it is perfect those two guys hosting because obviously hugh's got experience doing it their dynamic and chemistry, they could, and it has not gotten tired at all. You could no. drag that through the whole thing of them talking shit about each other. Check during all the boxes. The, they check all it the boxes. checks all the boxes. I love that <laughs> idea. I, I really do. All right, what's next? Ladslav Misanik says, theaters open on Saturday here in Slovakia. Finally, get, get to see Spider-Man. Valkyrie makes sense from nordic lore they take the worthy to valhalla oh that's that's good to know okay so some so it's kind of based in some mythology there but listen hey so glad there's because look a lot of our film a number of our film loving brothers and sisters across the world have not had a chance to see spider-man obviously norway 
a lot of people didn't get a chance to see it there. There are some places in Canada that the theaters are all closed. Mm-hmm. Some other countries too. The fact that a lot of you guys are going to get a chance to finally see and get caught up with the movie that all of us have enjoyed so much is great. So I'm glad for that, man. Thanks for sharing that. All right, what's next? Orlando Orego says, so I saw Eternals last night and I liked the film. Very beautifully shot. Only issue was the lighting from some action sequences in the woods. Wish I saw it in theaters. I mean, I it's always better to watch a movie in theaters. It's always I agree. Um, I don't love Eternals. There's There are things about Eternals that I love. But overall, I, I think it's a really good installment into the MCU hierarchy because it's just such a different kind of film, much higher stakes. I, I, I enjoyed the movie a lot, even though I don't completely love it. I think you liked it even more than I yeah, did. Yeah, I, I mean, I really did love the movie, and I, I the cosmology of it all, where does, where, does the, where does it leave the MCU? Yeah. When the world has seen a giant celestial that's twice the size of the Earth in the sky, what does that do to your worldview? Yeah. Like if you're a religious person, how do you feel about seeing a celestial? You know what I would love is a show that has no heroes in it except for off in the distance and it's just us. How does this I've look? I've thought to about us? that. How does it look it's to the guy? It's called Invasion. Uh, <laughs> it's the name of the show. It's that's kind of what no, it but, is. But how do normal people like there's a comic, one of the great Marvel yeah. comics of all time is called Marvels. Uh-huh. And oh, Alex Ross yeah. painted it and it's from the point of view of a regular person dealing uh, or Oh, I you, love you would love it. By the it's way, the great comics that. of all time. Marvels. I'm going to get into Marvels. In that vein, um, from Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, the girl who sings the I Feel Bad. Vanessa that, Hudgens. Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens. Powerless. She had a show called Powerless. Powerless. She had a show on NBC, ran one season called Powerless. And it had Funches was, was in yep. that, wasn't he? And one of the guys from Community. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the, the one who was best friends with um I'm trying to remember the with character's Donald name. Glover's character? Yes, with Donald, I can't, but you know Troy the, and Abed? Troy that, and Abed in yes. the morning. So the yeah. Abed, Abed, right? He so he's in the show too and it's it tells a story about the world of DC and you know they're the superheroes and villains in the world and they all work these people these powerless people they all work at this um uh Star Labs competitor where they develop products for superheroes and for the average people in the world to protect themselves from superhero battles. And like, oh, like every day in the news park, like three people died today when one of the, when the Aquaman crashed into a building while he was fighting Black Manta and it fell down oh, and crushed people. That's what I'm talking and about. I'd a lot of people that. hated the show. The best, the, to me, the best thing about it was, oh, why am I freezing on the name of the guy who plays, uh, who plays the pilot in Serenity? Um, and he's in, oh, he's in oh, Al- Alan, Alien, Alan, Alan Tudyk. So Alan Tudyk plays Bruce Wayne's idiot younger cousin, Van Wayne, and he runs this company. He's their boss. Oh. Every Almost everybody hated the show. Ann and I loved it. I loved it, too. That's something I, like I, something I, I really thought it was into. so. I was so sad when yeah, it got canceled. Yeah, when they didn't renew it, we actually reported that they weren't doing that season. Yeah. I loved that show. I thought it was great. <laughs> Uh, anyway, and I like Vanessa Hutchins. Marvel right. Comics has uh, a team like that too, like Damage Control. Or yeah, Damage, Damage Control. Control. They were yeah. going to do a show about that. They were going to yeah, do a Damage were. Control show. All right, what's next? This is from Guillaume LaBelle. He says, I know who should host the Oscars, you and Harloff. Before getting into Best Picture nominations, shave yourself. That's right. Oscars 22, brought to you by Manscaped. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that would be something if Harloff and I tried Great. to host the Oscars. Of course, nobody would watch, but that would give us a lot of freedom to that do whatever we wanted funny. to do that, that would nobody would watch. 
All right, what's next? Rachel Knight online says Tracksuit Mafia's favorite date movie, The Bro Book. The bro oh, book. You don't have to the bro book. No, no. No, you know what? No, no, no. All right, what's next? Jacob Hirsch says Jane is a variant of Thor. No, no, no. they're not going to go that way at all. They've already kind of explained that a bit, so I don't expect them to go that way at all. All right, what's next? Orlando Orego says, I have to say, I liked the Sonic movie. Wonder how the original design would have affected it. Oh, yeah, remember? None. People Look, were like, nope, change it. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it would have made no difference. The The redesign looks better. It does look better. It does look better. The lines would have been exactly the same. What happens in the movie would have been exactly the same. The jokes would have been exactly the same. Everything else. The, the new design looked better. Yeah. Way cuter. I think I would have enjoyed the movie every bit as much if they didn't do a redesign. I, I just don't see it. It doesn't make it suddenly go like his eyes are this big as opposed to this big. That doesn't change it from, well, this was a good movie too. Oh, that was a bad movie. It's the same thing. They so just sold more toys. They, they probably got to sell more toys though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably true. That's probably one of the big differences. All right, what's next? Casey Max says, another series that was a surprise when COVID started was Raised by Wolves. Well, the second trailer for season two has come out and it looks great. I got to tell you, I'm going to be in the minority here. I thought Raised by Wolves was a waste of time. I was starting to get into it, like the whole mythology they were building. Then it got to the end and like the, the giant things and we're going through this. And I'm like, what? then they start saying, oh, it's actually like a God thing. And then it's, I'm like, no, I, I, I felt, I felt like I was not paid. It, it didn't, but when I got to around to the end of the season, I didn't know my investment here wasn't paid off. I, at least that's how I felt. How did you like I enjoyed it, it but I, I want to know where it's going to go. Yeah. It seemed like there was a number of different competing ideas. But I thought it was, I like the mood that it cast. Yes, I, yeah. You know, I found it very interesting and compelling to watch, but I'm like, where is this all going? Season two, I will tune in. It looks interesting to me. What did you think about the finale of season one, though? Because it, it kind of made me want to jump off the boat uh, In altogether. a way, yeah, I, not what I expected. I mean, uh, spoiler alert, but the giving birth to a winged creature, like what? I mean, I kind of get it, but okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. How does that work with the rest of what you're, you've been telling? Yep. All right, what's next? Al Renshaw said, what would a Chef Pleasures movie get rated? Oh. 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 NC-17. NC-17. <laughs> For too much deliciousness. <laughs> rated Ray. <laughs> rated Ray. Rated Ray. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Rated Ray. The pro book. Now you know it's <laughs> the pro book. Now you know it's getting serious. All right, what's next? Jack Graham says, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Paul and the End and the World End. Which is the best Simon Pegg and Nick Frost movie? Um, Paul, take that right off the list. Yeah. I was really excited for Paul. Me too. Paul was not good. So we'll take that out. Um it's gotta be Shaun of the Dead. Agreed. I mean, I I like Hot Fuzz. I, I like World's like End. Fuzz. World's World's End is really good too. That one was good too. Yeah, you got a, you got a James Bond in in uh, Hot Fuzz. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, but I think Shaun of the Dead worked the best. Absolutely. Because you know the other two, I thought Shaun of the Dead was a great. It worked both as a parody, but it was also a great movie on its own. Mm -hmm. It was a great horror and it was a great comedy. Yeah. By the way, did anybody watch? That Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, Supernatural show they did where like there were Supernatural Hunters. I never got around to watching it. Yeah, I no. love these guys. Someone suggested it in the chat. I just 
forgot about it. What, yeah, I totally forgot about it. On, on anyway. I think it was Hulu. I think it was Hulu. I can't. Yeah. He was like an Angel and the Devil or something like that. No, 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 no. You're thinking of uh, Michael. Good Sh- uh, uh, oh, sorry. Sheen. I'm thinking of Michael. Sheen. I always Omens. get him and uh, Sam Pig. Yeah, yeah, I always get so, them mixed up. Oh, there you go. All right. What's next? Brandon Blake says we are nearly halfway through Book of Pacifist Fett <laughs> Book of Pacifist. and his adventures of making friends across the galaxy. <laughs> Boba friends need to get going here with this plot, in my opinion. Hey, that's OK. Three points in Hufflepuff. Uh, that's pretty good. Pacifist adventure of making friends across the galaxy. I like that. All right. What's next? All right, Al Renshaw says, I think Boba will need will need reinforcements for impending battle slash war. Maybe Mando, Baby Yoda, or even Luke showing up. Um, I don't think any of those. I mean, that's a possibility. I don't think any of those. Don't forget he's got him. I, I think uh, Black Kirstan is going to, I know I'm mispronouncing his name. I think he's he's obviously coming back. Yeah, BK. So he's he's got, big, big BK. That's what we'll call well, him. That's what, that, that's what that says. That's his name. When you told me to look it up the other day, that's right. one of the. So I think I think we're gonna see him come back and fight alongside the Vespa gang's gonna be there. Nobody wants to mess with the Vespa gang. Um, he's got him. All Fennec. you have to do is outrun them. He's got his Grimorians there. So I don't know, but who knows? Maybe that's the rumored, unsubstantiated rumored Han Solo thing. I mean, I, I don't know. It's possible. All right, what's next? Daya Al Shahor says, "Buy one, rent one, lose one. Return of the King, Godfather Two, and Shawshank Redemption." No, I gotta take a push. These these are like these to me are. I mean, two of them are the greatest films of all time. All of them are some of the greatest films of all time. I mean, to me, Star Wars, the first three original Star Wars films, I count as one film's favorite, best ever. Godfather 2 is arguably, for a lot of people, the greatest film ever. Shawshank Redemption is on an awful lot of top 10 of all time lists. Oh, yeah. Including mine. Which, by the way, I just finally started watching uh, the new Dexter just start watching, and who shows up in episode two? Clancy Brown. The guard shows up there. Speaking of Shawshank Redemption, so I, I got to take a push. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Yeah, say I mean, lose th- those are them. all three fantastic films. So, like all I'll time, I'll do it. All right, here it comes. Buy one is gonna be Return of the King. Rent one is Shawshank, and the other one is Godfather Two. Because that's, I haven't seen it, that's and it. I know out. it's super I'm long, out. probably. They, so. they, only one of these three films. <laughs> Only one of these three films, by the way, didn't win Best Picture. And that was Shawshank. But it was nominated. It was it was nominated. And you know, and that's the funny thing. The movie it lost to is always under Shawshank Redemption and any greatest of all time list. It lost to, uh, I almost said Bubba Gump, Forrest Gump. Oh. Which is great. Oh, tough year. Forrest Gump, Gump is great. You'd be hard-pressed to find many like legitimate film historians and, and critics and stuff like that that have Forrest Gump above Shawshank Redemption on their list. Shawshank Redemption is one of the truly greatest films of all time. But Return of the King, Godfather 2, both Best Picture winners. So I, it's, it's so hard. It's what so about hard. you, Kim? Um, you what about that? me? Um, uh, buy Shawshank Redemption, rent Return of the King, and lose Godfather 2. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, that's why I can't do it. I can't do any of them. No, I, I'm not, I cannot say and lose, I lose any of them. I just can't do it. Because it's in my heart. <laughs> it's in my heart. All right, what's next? Nice lady. Yeah, thanks. Hugo Alonso says, hey, John and team, love the show and watch whenever I can. In the new Flash movie, what if we Pattinson's and Bale's Batmans make an appearance in the film? Which would be DC's version of Spider-Verse? That's oddly worded. What if we, Pattinson's and Bale's Batmans, make an appearance in the film, which would be DC's version of Spider-Verse? 
Um, well, here's the thing. Whenever you ask a what if question, make sure you actually put a question in there. Because what if Pattinson and Bale's Batman shows up? Well, Pattinson and Bale's Batman shows up. That's the answer. Uh, if you're asking, do I think that would be good? Sure, it ain't going to happen. You're plus, not, not going to see Christian Bale as Batman. Plus, I mean, what, what, what purpose would that serve in the story? I mean, I think the great thing about No Way Home is that the addition of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man inform Tom Holland and the, as they inform each other. Right, yeah. And it really worked well. All right, what's next? Mohammed Usman says, Theory, instead of Michael Keaton coming to the DCEU, Jim Gordon and Batgirl end up in the Burtonverse. Um, interesting thought. They're absolutely not doing that. They're 100% not doing that. Uh, so I, I would, but I mean, that would be a funny thing. Look, they're never going to return. The Batman films were great in their era. They're not films that transfer eras very well. <laughs> there are some films that can transfer eras easily. Some not. I think it's pretty safe to say that the Michael Keaton Batman films are not ones that transfer air as well. So that's kind of my thought on that. All right, what's next? Stiff Meister says, Peacemaker or Book of Steven Seagal? Sorry, Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't watched Peacemaker yet. I'm looking forward to watch. I hope it's better than Book of Boba Fett. I hope it is. I got I got some hopes for it here. I really do, because I loved Peacemaker in Suicide Squad. Let's see how this thing does. We'll talk about it on the show tomorrow. All right, what's next? Ulatan says, a fun question. If a movie audience from the 1930s was brought to present day, how would they react to modern day special effects and stories? I, I kid you not. I think about it all the time. I do too. I think about it That's all the time. All the time. I, I, I watch, a, 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 like I watch any movie like with visual effect. I'm like, what if my dad, when he was a teenager, saw this? Like, first of all, most of CGI, he would say, well, then how did they, what's the joke in Shang-Chi? How they train those monkeys to ride that horse? Right. Right? Oh. <laughs> that would be my dad. Like my dad, as a teenager, would be. Where do they find that creature to, to do that? Like that. Wait, wait. They actually went to outer space to shoot this. Like that. That would be my dad and all of our dads. What's outer space? What is outer space? That would be. We're going through a depression here, and you're making these multi-million-dollar movies. Pat. Um, but that is a good question. I mean, the perception of all the time. I guess it would seem like magic. You know, the uh, that yeah. old Arthur C. Clarke quote that any any sufficiently advanced technology appears as magic to people that don't understand the technology. Yeah. There's a so there's a comedian that did a skit on it. Nick Swartzen, remember? Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, what if people from back then saw Transformers? It'd be like, Psh. like yeah, no, start screaming and running for. It's like, lives. how did they build that truck that turns into a walking, talking robot? I mean, it, it would appear. I mean, it's kind of the line from Thor as well, right? Well, you call science, we call that to us. It's one and the same. Like, yeah, it's it's it would be considered complete sorcery. But I I have to say, if you're still blessed to have your grandparents here with you, and they're not like movie buffs or something, ask them mm -hmm. because their responses are so precious. I remember my grandmother; she used to say. Wow, that looks so real. Yeah. Look at that. Wow. <laughs> as, I miss her. <laughs> That's a bad impression. I don't sound like her. But right. ask your grandparents. It's really cute. All right, what's next? Jackmaster Nord says, there's only one hashtag forever couple. <laughs> That's John and Anne Campia. I... <laughs> We were Is walking. that how it was written, just like you read it? Yes. I think, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anne, Anne and I, we were walking our dogs last night. And I mentioned her. Did you hear about uh, Jason Momoa and Lisa? She said, oh, no, no. She goes, she goes, maybe we should just get a divorce. She says, then we can be in the front page of all these things. I'm like, baby, don't even joke. Like, honestly, listen, true story. This is true. 
you know, with Anne's work over the years, sometimes she needs to go away to places. Like she needs to travel to to the East Coast for a week at a time. She had to go to Hong Kong for three months once. Holy cow. Yeah, for work and stuff like that. And she often would have to make like a week long trip. And the first day of that trip is always the same. I'm walking around in my underwear. I'm ordering pizza. I'm like, I am the Lord of Home this domain. Home alone. <laughs> Bacheloring up. I'm going to call all my buddies to come over and we're going to watch the footballs. And we're going to, right? Day two. It's a completely different story. Day two, I start to get, one of my assistants was one of the first people to notice it. When I am apart from Anne for more than 24 hours, I start to get moody. Like I, it's, I am not, I get grumpy oh, wow. when I'm not around Anne for like, she's just become such an integral part of my life. John, that's called codependence. Well, maybe it is, but oh. I, I don't function well, wow. like emotionally. And, I, and he can't cook anything for himself. <laughs> no, it's just Ray, go to the store, pick me up. Yeah, something. <laughs> I become the babysitter. <laughs> he does. What he are you making tonight, Ray? <laughs> he kind of becomes well, the I guess that's my dinner too. <laughs> He hugs you tighter. He, he starts hugging like, on you. You're all the way you, in LA. Brother, let me hug you. I can't, you so, not, listen, Ray also has like, not only can Ray cook better than me, Ray has way better fa fashion sense than me. So a lot of times, Ann and I, like when we still live in Burbank, we come out and visit and hang out. I go, hey, that's a nice looking jacket. And Ray just like, just take it. I know. I beam something out here. Just. Just come on. <laughs> because he has way better fashion sense than me. Like, way better. So I'm like, I'm just, can I take Yeah, just take it. Yeah. All right, sorry. That was a side story for too long. Oh, right. exactly. <laughs> Wiley Todd says, Scream predictions tonight. Ray will love it, and John will hate it. Hopefully oh, not. That's going to be the case. Or it could be the opposite. It you, could be the opposite. It could be, you might hate it, and I might love it. You might be like, I just woke up five minutes before the end. I didn't think the end made any sense. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, we'll find out. We will find out tonight. Keep an eye yeah. on the channel later. What's next? Elizabeth Gerardo says, my forever couples are Reynolds and Lively yeah. and Blunt and Krasinski. I'm, I shouldn't, I'll say this. Um, uh, first of all, Blunt and Krasinski, that's another one I hope is a forever couple. I sure hope so. Mm, yeah. Ooh. Reynolds and I have written back and forth to each other a couple of times. And all I will say is that the way he talks about Blake Lively is really sweet. Oh, wow. This is, this is a dude that is like totally loves his family. And the way, like, we'll, we'll just be talking about some things. Like, I remember one time he had gotten, the, he had done this one thing. It was, this was about a year ago. He had done this one thing that was in the news about this humanitarian thing that they had done and whatever. And I remember I wrote to him and said, hey, dude, like, way to do the Maple Leaf proud, man. Like, seriously, so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. And all he did was, like, in his run, just talk about Lively. He just talked about Blake, about what she did and blah, blah. And it's, like, it's incredibly sweet. Like, it's really, to hear how he talks about his wife is actually really, really super sweet. Anyway, there's that. All right, what's next? Aww. Sin Vendetta says, hi, John and Ray. A friend and I will be seeing Scream tonight at the AMC Tyler, which is our primary theater. May run into you two tonight. Maybe. Hope you both enjoy the movie. Tonight. Yeah, that's, obviously, when I used to, when, when Ann and I, before we moved into our house, we lived in Burbank, and our go-to theater is the AMC Burbank 16. 
now that we live out here, our go-to theater is the uh, AMC Tyler Galleria. It's a really nice. This is where we went to go oh, to, yeah, to our Spider-Man thing. Spider-Man. It's a really nice theater. Nice. It's, it's it's a nice little theater. They don't have as good of a bar as the one in Burbank 16 oh, does. Yeah. But a nice little theater, and that's kind of our go-to one, and maybe we will run into you there, Sin Vendetta. Make sure you say hi if you do. All right, what's next? Casey Mack says, I fully expect Aquaman to move. No way this release is on the same weekend as Avatar 2. Yeah. Still waiting to hear about that date. Getting whether moved. it actually comes out. <laughs> I mean, they've oh they bumped God. that so much. I was looking forward to going swimming that weekend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so much water, man. You know? I was. A lot of water in those two movies. Swimming on Pandora. All right, what's next? Andy says, all the women of the world are excited that Jason Momoa is single again. (laughs) Not most, all All the women. women. (laughs) That man, and a lot of men too. That man was truly burdened with glorious sexiness. A true story, right? So Anne and I, we go to the world premiere of Jason's Conan movie. And, uh, it was in downtown LA. He had a Conan movie? Yeah, he, he, he was Conan the Barbarian. Yep. What? Yeah, with Stephen Lang as the Wait, bad that, guy. That, that would have been the fourth movie, right? Or the third? No, it no, was no, a reboot. Go, 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 it go, was go, a reboot. It doesn't matter. So the the after party was in the, in the top floor of this tall building right next to the theater. And I think Wolfgang Puck actually catered the, the after party. So Ann and I are hanging out at the after party. And we go, Ann's walking in front of me, and we go around this corner and literally bump into Momoa. And Jason grabs her hand, says, I'm so sorry, please excuse me, the way he would say it. And Ann, I don't even know if she responded, because when I kind of corked my head around like this to see her face, she was just... I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, we got to move on. (laughs) So we we, then, then I go and talk to Jason the next day to do press, and I just remember sitting down with him, and I go, uh, Jason. He just goes, John, and I remember thinking to myself, I am as boringly heterosexual as they come, and fuck, I found that sexy. Just the way he said my name. I said, Jason. He goes, John. And I'm like, uh-huh. what's going on? Like, it's he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I, he was I about a, to uh, recreate Broback Mountain. Bro, <laughs> listen, I'll tell you what. I uh, I'm friend with a bunch of publicists. One of the female publicists for one of the studios. We, she and I were talking about Momoa, and she goes, "I'm like, okay, he's he's got a lot of sex appeal." She goes, "You have no idea." And and I'm like, she goes, when he comes to, because he had to go once a month or two, he'd go into the studio offices. When he comes in the in the offices, th- now remember, this is a female publicist who said this, not me. She's like, when he walks into the room, panties hit the floor. I'm like, okay, that's all I needed to hear. And because th- these these people are around these big sexy movie stars yeah. all the time. Jason Momoa, it's one of those stupid him, Javier Bardem, Brad Pitt, you know, like, uh, 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 Michael B. Jordan. Uh, like guys like this, these are the types of guys that get me angry because there's only so I you say so there's only so much sexiness in the universe. And when guys like these fuckers get that much of it, it just means there's a little bit less for the rest of us. It's just what it is. What it is. I really, there's no one that look like looks like him too. He has no a one looks like him. everything. Yeah, like, right. I hope He's he finds a, a real woman though. Like you know, uh, a real, are you a real to one. yourself? 
by any stretch? Like, is there any possibility that by real woman, you mean Kim? Is that Jason. what we're saying here? I, you weird. have to put your name in the hat. I mean, he's available now. Hey, no, just kidding. I'm kidding. You no, miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> just saying. No, just kidding. No, but there's so many hoes out there. I hope he finds a girlfriend. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> there you go. There's the girl side, though. Hashtag. Wow! So many hoes. Whoa! Out there. <laughs> and where are, where is this exact location? So <laughs> Maybe do I need to book a flight? <laughs> because oh boy! All right. What's How many next? are we talking? One, two. It's a big. It's a big world. I haven't ran into anything like that. Oh. Is there like some whole island? Oh, island. We just sold the TV no, show. No, I'm there really you go. asking. If there's a lot of hoes, I want to be there. I just this want to check it out. This week on Whole Island, Ray Ora meets the girl of his dreams. On Fox. Whole Island. No, on Cockmax. Oh, All right, I'm sorry. It's our first show. It's our okay. debut or it's our network debut. Let's keep, we still have a lot to do. Let's keep we are going. a hot mess altogether. Okay. <laughs> John Redcorn said, you want to know why Rob is right about the state of Star Trek? Has anything Star Trek won a Kid's Choice Award? <laughs> None right exactly. JJ should be ashamed. I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's the measure. Have you won? And they haven't, they haven't won any Kid's Choice. I mean, how can you take yourself seriously? Do you have one any kids' choice rights? All right, what's next? Stubble McShave says, what do you think of the Vox Machina Red Band trailer? I have been, I've always been aware of Critical Role and even seen a few short clips. I'm fascinated of how, let me find the second one, they made a success of a small home game. Evolved into a successful streaming show. Had a Kickstarter, over $11 million, and have Prime offer deal. Um... Look, what they have been able to do with their business is inspirational. Absolutely inspirational. I have Agreed. not seen this. I have not seen this trailer. Have you watched this? No, I've seen the trailer, but I haven't watched the show. Okay, right. So I, I don't understand the trailer. But yes, what these guys have been able to do and the way they've been able to make this business. It's really like, cool. It's nothing short of inspirational. It really is. It's absolutely amazing what these guys have done. All right, what's next? Thanos says Aquaman underwater. SFX will be great, but Avatar 2 will make them look like a 2000s video game cutscene. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. Listen, whatever you think about James Cameron, and never doubt James Cameron, even though I think 3D is a hokey gimmick, and James Cameron, in, in a time when we are getting desensitized to just how good visual effects are, James Cameron pushes the boundaries of visual effects. He always has. He does things visually. Yeah that astound everybody. So I don't care if it was a Star Wars movie coming out the same time as that. His visual effects will put whatever other movie comes out's visual effects to shame. So yeah, put money on it now. The underwater effects in Avatar 2. Aquaman may end up being the better movie. Could. But the underwater effects, I will put real money that the underwater effects mm -hmm. in Avatar 2 will be better than the ones in Aquaman 2. Rob, what do you think, Rob? I think absolutely. But also, there'll be different kinds of effects. Yes, like Cam Cameron's going to go for realism where the Aquaman visual effects embrace that fantasy realm. Right. So I don't think Avatar-esque effects would really work in Aquaman. If you were going for that kind of realistic verisimilitude, it wouldn't be as fun. All right. What's next? Suthia says, I just hope Rodriguez doesn't direct anymore. 
I agree. Look, I, I, I thought, I think at best, and I have a lot of respect for Rodriguez. He's done some great things. Yeah. But I also think he is a hit and miss director. And this world with Star Wars and him don't seem to mix, at least from what we've seen from two episodes, because I haven't liked this episodes either. All right, what's next? Andy says, my favorite celebrity couple I thought was going to make it was Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. Yeah. They had such awesome and cute chemistry. Uh, when those two broke up, I lost a little bit of faith in the world. I, I really did. I thought they were a great couple. I, I remember, for, I guess I love Ben Affleck and I love Jennifer Garner. Um, and they just seemed to be, he, she seemed to be the perfect balance for him. Mm. I still think, look, I, I think he blew that marriage. And I think he he says publicly, he's yeah. like he's the one who who undermined that. He's the one who ruined that marriage. And that's really too bad because I thought she was perfect for him. But you know, whatever. We're not there. We don't see everything. We're just going by the stupid tabloid stuff. But yes, that one broke my heart, man, when that one broke up. All right, what's next? Suthia says he could have just used his jetpack to end the chase. Look, there's a lot of things in Book of Boba Fett that could have just done this. Yeah. yeah. And it would solve a lot of things. All right, what's next? Suthia says, let me ask the gang to join, but not Chris Anton. Yeah, it's like, okay, go ahead, leave. I'll hire these kids. It's like, hey, man, you can clearly fight. If you're looking for somebody to work for, come work for me. No, no, you just, you go run through the desert. You go have some yeah, fun. Plus, plus hire them with what? Like, it's not like, does he have money coming in all of a sudden? I mean, probably a big treasury at Jabba's palace. I guess promise of water. Yeah, all the water. He runs the town. I mean, he he. Don't, but I again. Does he though? Uh, yeah. Like, have we seen that? Like, does he just do people pay him tribute? I mean, we did there, see him so come in in the first episode. He's trying to get that. Here's that's your that's tribute. Stuff. That's the whole thing. He's yeah. trying to get that respect, but he's doing it in a peacemaker fashion. <laughs> the rancor a was a nice gift. I'll give I'll give the huts that the rancor was a nice gift. Not, it was, was a nice, nice gift. gift. All right, what's next? Dante Sereccia says, hey, guys, I agree with everything on the Boba review, but water is literally the most expensive and valuable thing on the planet next to a starship. Yes, but even on Tatooine, you, if you can afford, first of all, one of the from a, an aesthetic point of view and a design point of view. On the world of Tatooine, where everything is dust and brown and gray. All of a sudden, throwing in the Vespa gang with these multicolored bikes, like that's just a bad aesthetic choice. And if you're somebody on that planet that can, while everybody else is living in these little mud huts with these just drab, torn robes, and everybody else on this planet has that, and they have water because they're alive. If you're one of these kids where you have these super expensive cybernetic implants and enhancements, and you're driving around on these Vespas and all this kind of stuff, Y'all can afford a glass of water. Oh, yeah, and it's also how do you wash those and keep them? How so, do you keep those Vespa every bikes? Every time clean? they, they go somewhere, so they're going nice. to kick up. They they're going to so kick up nice. dust. I mean, do you go to the Vespa car wash and that's like the exclusive Houdini. place for yeah, rich and they, kids? The, the I mean, Jawas little side hustle. Do you go to Anchorhead to or Tashi Station? To I'm pick not up saying they would have bought a trucker full of like a big tanker full of water. They just oh, we we, we had to pay him the you know, stapler. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, what's next? Chips Bewick says, talk about if a Batman reboot can survive without using Joker and which villains can bring as much or more hell. Plus, danger of Joker being a crutch. Nah, Joker's, look, Joker is just synonymous with Batman. And, and we often, they don't need a Joker to make a Batman movie work. Like, not at all. They can do it. And as far as what villain can they bring that will bring as much hell? <clears throat> any of them. I never would think Riddler can. But watching the trailers for the Batman? Oh, yeah. Oh, they've written this Riddler in such a way that he's bringing hell to Batman. I can't. No one's been talking about Paul Dano. 
We're all, all talking right, about and we Pattinson. Will. And you know oh, what? Yeah. Paul the movie, Dano is one of my favorite actors, and he is going to bring it. I guarantee. He's going to kill well, this Colin role. Farrell yes. is the penguin. Certainly, as we've seen a lot more of him. God, in those he trailers. looks. And I forget it because he just He's, doesn't even look like himself. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. That so upside good. down shot is so cool. And our grandfather, our grandparents would have said, "How do you get so fat for that?" Because they just didn't have the kind of prosthetics that would no. look that real. All right, what's next? A. Marcellus says the whole Vespa gang thing gave me the same vibes as Canto Bites. Don't disagree. They both feel like they belong in Earth's future or the fifth element. They don't feel like Star Wars at all. I, I agree. It, 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 first of all, I just, and I think part of that is because it felt so out of place on Tatooine. Right. Like if we saw that bike gang riding around in, in the in the understreets of Coruscant, probably would have fit right in. Mm -hmm. This was like completely not a fit. And I didn't believe that those characters would replace their limbs with droid parts like i just didn't believe like on in that environment in a coruscant i could see it happening but on tatooine like where's your surgeon well let's go to the plastic surgery place that replaces my limbs with droid parts i mean who's gonna do that on tatooine on, in, in that environment yeah you'd have to have a lot of money to do it all right what's next jordan marshall says my god how do you make a speed chase so slow well boba fett managed to do so uh he did which kind of sucks all right what's next Stefan Daylent Waters says, I honestly love the Vespa-like bikes in Boba Fett. Vespa is iconic, and seeing a futuristic version of the brand was fun. Okay. Okay. Sure. I mean, hey, listen, it's all subjective. You watched and thought, you know what? Look, I'll give it this. It was different. Yeah. We, we, we've never seen something like that before. I guess the Vespas are slower. <laughs> well, I guess because we've seen so many different iterations of speeder bikes. True. Yeah. And they're cool. Swoop bikes, speeder bikes. These didn't look like Star Wars bikes. They look mm. like Vespas. It looked like something out of Quadrophenia. Oh. Yeah. Elon Musk is in Star Wars, then. That's probably what it is. <laughs> he, designed, <laughs> he designed these bikes. It just felt too earthbound to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and again, then it was so slow and the, the effects did not look right. And But hey, man, listen, if you enjoyed them, awesome. I wish I enjoyed them too. Okay, guys, listen, that's all of the live ones you guys send in during the Super Chats. We're going to move over now. We still got some time to take some of the questions you guys sent in via the tip link. But before we get to that, we're going to take a short little break here for a couple of minutes, give ourselves a chance to stretch our legs, refill our drinks, give you guys a chance to talk amongst yourselves, run, use the bathroom, grab a bite to eat, whatever it is you got to do. So hang tight, everybody. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. And we are back. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for your patience and indulgence. We took a little bit of a break there. But now let's get on over to the tips that you guys were sending in for the questions to be right here on the show. Once again, if you're not watching the show live and you want to send in a question to be right on the show or in an upcoming companion video, simply click on the tip link that's down in the description of this video or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question right on the show if, of course... We deem them appropriate to be used on our show. And of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. And all of us here at the John Campus Show, thank you guys so much for your support. Okay, Kim, let's get over to it. What are people writing in? Okay, this is coming from Jonathan. Boba went from boring to great, back down to mediocre, very inconsistent. 
And what WTF is Boba hiring a bunch of punk teens? <laughs> when does Mando return? I'm starting to miss him, even if Grogu won't be in it as much. I mean, hey, worst case scenario, this is going to make us really appreciate Mandalorian season three when it comes back. I mean, we hope. We hope. All right, what's next? Jonathan says Boba has a freaking jetpack, but employs his gang of teens to chase after someone. WTF, man. And the flashbacks are are more distraction than essential. Oh, God, bring back Mando. I have not enjoyed the Tuscan flashbacks. But I, again, I will say, give credit where it's due. The payoff of that, which was not worth three episodes of it, but still the payoff that when he comes back and the people are the Tuscans are all dead, that had emotional impact on me. It was my favorite. I think it was my favorite moment of the entire series so far, to be honest with you. All right, what's next? Miles says, just wondering, I hate Rise of Skywalker, but what do you think of the Palpatine scenes for me? Uh, uh, scenes. For me, I think the throne room scene in episode six is better, but Palpatine in episode nine is probably the best I've ever seen him, even more than the originals. Just so creepy. I, I'm going to disagree with you. I, I mean, obviously the... The Palpatine we get in Return of the Jedi and the, the throne room scene, that is the basis of which all of our understanding of Palpatine really is and comes from. Rise of Skywalker. Somehow Palpatine has returned. Those words written on screen is one of the most dumbfoundingly stupid things I've ever seen done in any movie. <laughs> Somehow, the whole question would be, how is the return of the Palpatine return is a, a huge jux here. That's a main thing. You can't just say, by the way, Palpatine's back. Like, somehow Palpatine's turn. Let's move on. You think they'll do a Disney Plus show to fill in the gap? No. <laughs> Nobody cares anymore. They've, they've run that into the ground. I mean, it's kind of like saying, making a movie about it and saying, somehow Hitler has returned. Well, no, you're going to give us, you got to give us a little bit more than that. You got to give us a little bit more. It's nonsensical. Oh, it's one of the dumbest things I mean, I've ever it's, seen. It's, it's, it's like saying so, it was all a dream, but worse. Yeah, it makes but no worse. Sense. All right, what's next? Not Kevin Feige says, after watching No Way Home twice, I got COVID. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Which annoys me because I remember most people not wearing their masks. All I want to say is take care of yourselves. We are not out of this yet. Here's the problem. People are generally incredibly self-centered and selfish. So I don't want to wear a mask. Well, listen, there is a possibility that maybe you haven't don't have it and you might spread it to somebody who might not react to it as well as you did. Wear a mask. I mean, we're not going to get into the full discussion here, though, but I'm just saying, yeah, you're right. You probably got it from somebody because somebody else wasn't acting responsibly, which which really sucks. But hey, man, speedy recovery to you. Hope you do well. And uh, thanks for writing in. All right. What's next? Island Boy says possible confession time, John. You were speaking about putting Dexter on pause because Anne had a class. Question is, have you ever since? Have you ever since being with Anne sneaked and watched a movie slash series episode you were not supposed to watch together? No lying allowed. LOL. Yep. <laughs> and Ann knows. <laughs> Ann knows. And Ann got appropriately peeved at me. But it was like, oh, honey, I couldn't wait. any. like, we, we waited so long. I had to. I got to watch the show. It's hap has not happened often, but it, it has happened once or twice. All right. What's next? Sam Weiser Gamgee says, this low-hanging fruit has been there since the other day when you were talking about Ann's previous job. What is the tracksuit mafia's favorite toy company? Hasbro. <laughs> Hasbro. Thank you that very works. much. Elvis has <laughs> left funny. the building. Like that that, okay, I'll get that. I'll was give good. It. How's bro? See that? That fits. I always look at Rob every time I'm broke. That was good. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I can I laugh like, or not. You can laugh at that one. I give you permission. That was, that was good. 
Love you, Fantastic Four, and bring on the filthy. Uh, thank you so much. It has bro. I'll give you that one. All right, what's next? Dan H says, hi, John. Recently discovered your show and loving it. Regarding is Tom Holland funny enough to host the Oscars? He can always get tips from his dad, Dominic Holland, who is a successful stand-up. I, I did not know that. But look, the, the key thing is oh, this. Cool. When it comes to the Oscars, let's face it. There's a team of eight probably very skilled writers that are going to write his material. Can Tom Holland deliver it? I believe he can deliver it. And then if they have dance numbers like honoring the big musical. Listen, we've had In the Heights. Mm -hmm. We've had um, uh, West, West Side Story, Story, which I think is the best film of the year. We've had like musical like tick tick boom, tick, tick, boom mm -hmm. something like Encanto. We oh, had like Encanto they could do a big so song good. and dance number, and Tom Holland will kill it. Yeah, Pete Davidson will not. I still like Pete Davidson. Okay, okay, what's next? Alan Ling says, "Hey John, do you think PG thirteen is a sufficient rating for making a Batman movie, or do you think the idea of an R rated Batman should be explored?" Saw this being discussed somewhere, and I wanted to get your take. Thanks, and hope you're all well. Thanks for sending that in, Alan. And obviously, we, we covered that as the main topic here today. Just to quickly summarize, can you do a sufficient Batman movie with a PG-13? Do you not consider The Dark Knight sufficient? The Dark Knight, considered by many to be the greatest comic book film of all time. Not me, but a lot. Of, I'd say the majority of people probably think it's the best comic book movie ever made. And it is a PG-13 film. That kind of answers the question. I don't believe, look, you should explore all options. You should explore making Batman rated G. You should explore it, but there is no need whatsoever to do Batman rated R. There's just no need for it. So I think PG-13 is the right way to go. But again, I defer you, Alan. By the way, Alan, you tipped in like 20 bucks. Thank you for supporting our channel on that level, man. I would defer you back to, to earlier in the show today. You can watch our full discussion on that. But yeah, I think you can absolutely. And every look of this trailer, which is all PG-13, looks sufficiently dark enough to truly be a great Batman movie. We'll find out. All right, what's next? Maria Espino says, as awards start to publish their nominations, I keep seeing major snubs for Adam Driver. What are your thoughts on his three eligible films and his performance on them? Annette, The Last Duel, and House of Gucci. Thanks, and bring on the filthy. You have to understand my definition of snub. I think snub is a far too overused and liberally used word when it comes to award season. The only way I think you should use the word snub is if somebody, you can make a definitive argument that they should win that category. If you can't make a definitive argument that they should win that category, then it's not really a snub if they don't get nominated. I thought Adam Driver was great in The Last Duel. I thought Adam Driver was great in The House of Gucci. Do I feel like he's been snubbed? No. When, like, when you compare his performance to, say, the performance of Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom, I think Andrew Garfield's was, performance was this year. I'm not saying Andrew Garfield's a better actor than Adam Driver. I'm not. But I'm saying in the performances this year, Adam Garfield's Tick, Tick, Boom is clear to me, clearly the superior performance. If you want to compare him to Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth, that's, to me, that's clearly on a different level. Right. I mean, so... No, I, I don't feel Adam Driver's getting snubbed. I think he was great this year, but I don't think he's being snubbed. Rob, how would, how would you drive I that? don't think so either. And it also has to do with the movie itself, too. Mm. I mean, he was I thought he was great in The Last Duel, but The Last Duel's performance and it's not perceived as being as successful as some other movies. So it doesn't get the kind of attention that it might. But he right. was great in it. And, you know, he could give you the best delivery in the world. But is that going to necessarily if the film isn't perceived as being worthy then he doesn't get that nomination all right what's next 
Rogue Three says, I get that all film is subjective, but do y'all have any guilty pleasures? By that, I mean a movie with flaws that would normally be a personal deal breaker for you, but you love it anyway because there's just something in it you're a sucker for. Thanks. To me, like uh, it all depends on your definition of guilty pleasure. Because to me, guilty pleasure is, I like watching this movie, but for none of the intentions that this movie brought to itself. The great example of that to me is the iconic Cool as Ice of <laughs> Vanilla Ice. That movie is one of the most enjoyable experiences I ever have watching a film, but it's for all for none of the reasons that the film actually intended to be there. Like it is just I mean, listen, we're getting to get we're, we're having dinner together on Friday, I believe. I think so. I'm thinking about, I have been burdened with the responsibility of picking the movie for that night. I am considering making it cool as ice because you get some adult beverages, some food and a, and a bunch of people together. That is a damn fun time for all the wrong reasons. So for me, I got to say cool as ice is like my ultimate guilty pleasure. It's a guilty. Do you guys have like one, like something everybody hates, but you know, you just, I don't know what love watching it. Movie said, you know what? Uh, people don't like this movie. I love Hudson Hawk. People do not like the no, Bruce yeah. Willis movie Hudson Hawk. Not one of the more popular it. ones. What's what's the one with um Tough uh, Turf? Ultron. Yeah, Tough Turf. Tough with Turf. Robert like, Downey Robert Jr. Downey and, and and uh James Spader. Spader. Thing is, I like that it's not a good movie, but I like it. It was directed by Fritch Curse, who directed Children of the Children of the Corn, but it's not good. But I don't think it's awful either. It's just wacky ray you got one you got one that everybody well, one like? that i i always watch if it's on but not a lot of people watch it is the employee of the month with dane cook and i remember that one. i love <laughs> that movie for some reason i don't know why i just think it's Ooh. so cute because it's about costco price club there's a secret conspiracy in that store of course there is oh i don't know but i, I like that movie kim what about you oh gosh something that everybody hates that you like I don't. I can't think of one. I right. probably Napoleon Dynamite, but oh no, a lot if of you're awesome, love that you know movie. that that's an awesome yeah, movie. Yeah, everybody so. loves that movie, so that's a count. All right, I what's don't know. next? Jay Bling says, "Here's my biggest pet peeve with Final Destination as a franchise. If the whole point of the film is that Death doesn't like to be cheated, why do the promotions happen in the first Premonitions. place? Premonitions. Premonitions. I'm sorry. <laughs> why do they advertise a movie? Um, how did they do five films without answering that question? Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday on the show about how the Final Destination can have some fun, but it's 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 essentially it's the same movie every time. Right. It's the exact same movie every time, and it's like. I thought one of them might have started touching on where do these premonitions come from? Who is saving these kids only to be doomed to die again later anyway? And and how do you fight that? So I don't know. They're doing now number six, going straight to HBO. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. What's next? Jack Lumber says, as a fan of Supernatural, do you guys think you'll enjoy the original ending, all the guest stars or the one that we got with? that we got with basically just Bobby and the boys. I enjoy the ending, but could have used more guest stars. I am very satisfied with the ending of Supernatural. I am very, very satisfied with it. Like, first of all, a lot of people kind of consider the second last episode is kind of really the wrapping up of the story. And it really was. But then moving on and doing this kind of thing to wrap up the series where one of the brothers dies, the other brother goes on, lives a full life, and then at the end, they all they go to heaven and kind of reuni reunite and stuff like that. It's really good. 
it didn't need to be a to me it was an appropriate wrap-up of that series they didn't need to make it a best of memory lane episode that could have been fun too that could have been fun like i would have liked to have seen crowley who was one of my favorite characters in the entire series show up show now, up. did yeah. it run 15 seasons 15 and yeah. you watched all 15 i watched all 15 wow. enjoyed it every step of the way wow yeah and some se seasons were weaker than others but i just loved i loved the characters so much that even in some of the weaker seasons story-wise i still loved watching it because i got to hang out with the guys didn't the apocalypse yeah. happen at the end of like season four no they i think it was season maybe five where they stopped the apocalypse because oh, what was okay. it was michael and lucifer were destined to battle and it was going to like wipe out half the world and they had to stop it and they successfully stop it and then a which could have been a series finale, but then it went on another 11 seasons and I had a great time <laughs> all the way through. All right, what's next? Jonathan says, why, why, why are people arguing that the Batman must be rated R? <laughs> oh, PG-13 neuters the action. Cry baby fanboy. The Dark Knight was PG-13 and is considered the goat of Batman movies. This is ridiculous. I, 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 look, you know what I think. I, I also think it's ridiculous. Look, Look, could they do an R-rated Batman film at some point in some time just to, to experiment? Sure. But when you look at what they do in the Batman movies that make the Batman movies great, when they are great, none of it involves R-rated stuff. You can do a lot of violent things and be PG-13. And I think we're going to see the very edge of that in the Batman. At least I hope we do. All right, what's next? Danito says, hey, all was watching was watching Eternals on Disney Plus and the IMAX format looks amazing, but it kept switching back and forth to 21 and nine, sometimes in the same scene, which was distracting and even nauseating. Do you think it was a good idea for Disney Plus to do this? Um, listen, I don't watch it in that format anyway. I'm perfectly happy watching the format that it's in. So I didn't know I that would distract me it, like watching a movie even sometimes theaters they'll have some scenes that are filmed in imax and some scenes that weren't i don't like that like to me i do find that a little bit jarring rob i know you're bigger into this stuff than me but do you find that distracting at all it doesn't it doesn't usually distract me because i'm aware of it you know but i can see why because like you said in even in the dark night they'll have like one imax shot that's big and wide and then it changes yeah. back to the it can be distracting it's just to me it's a skill you you teach yourself how to watch movies that way and it's it's fine, but I would prefer it if you're going to shoot an entire film in IMAX as yeah. opposed to alternating aspect ratios. I agree. What's next? Mohammed Bakir says, hi, John. I completely agree with all your Ewok points. Ah, yes. But what you're missing is everything you mentioned are about the idea of the Ewoks and not the execution of them. The problem I have is that the Ewoks were a fantastic idea executed terribly. If they are supposed to be these fearsome creatures, why have them look like little cute teddy bears? I don't buy that these creatures could actually tie up Luke and Han. Making them look stronger and more menacing would have served them much better, especially because it would seem a lot more believable that they could take on armed stormtroopers. Do you at least agree that this would have been better? Also, please bring back dark side, light side. Maybe for Obi-Wan spoiler discussions. Well, no, that, that's not going to happen, just to let you know. Just, we don't have the time and scheduling for that. I disagree. I don't believe that you have to visually represent something as they are in the movies. I think that's a, that's a trope that's far overused. Like, if somebody is a bad guy, they have to look dark and evil for them to be a bad guy. Right. If somebody is handsome and charming, well, then they must be a good guy. The whole idea about the Ewoks that George Lucas 
thing was meant as a juxtaposition of the industrialized world versus the natural world. That was the whole idea of the Ewoks. Now, originally this concept, it was going to be Kashyyyk and it was going to be Wookiees that they teamed up with. They went in a different direction. And for me, the Ewoks became incredibly effective as that, this idea of the natural world that, that were represented in a certain sweet way. But these are also creatures in a species that has survived and thrived in this world. You don't do that without being effective hunters, gatherers, things like that. These and and again, the execution, we the conclusions I draw about the Ewoks all come from the execution. We know the things we know about the Ewoks because of what they did in that movie. Celebrating on the heads of their fallen enemies, tying up captured prey <laughs> and burning them alive over an open fire and all that kind of stuff. I mean, these are things we learned from the execution of the movie. And to me, that notion, that juxtaposition that, that Lucas goes for about the industrialized world versus the natural world, I thought it was incredibly effective. And I thought it worked great. And so, yeah, as the, the as I titled, uh, Mohammed, as I titled in my old video that I made like 10 years ago, screw y'all, I love the Ewoks. I love the Ewoks. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, though, man, and expressing them the way you did. All right, what's next? Aaron McDonald says, hey, from New Zealand. Love your work. Can Kiora. <laughs> can studios add new life to old animated movies like Transformers by reusing the old voice soundtrack and just adding new visuals? The old Transformer movie with the CGI-like Cybertron scenes and Bumblebee would be amazing. I don't think there's any benefit in that. Just taking the old vocal tracks. I mean, nobody cares. Let's, let's be honest. Nobody cares. There'd be a hardcore, small group of people that go, oh, this is great because you're using whatever's voice. The vast, 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 vast majority of the movie going audience would not. And then what, you're, what are you doing? You're remaking a new movie and forcing it into this mold created by the previous audio track. It's kind of like when the, the Rise of Skywalker forced in Princess Leia stuff and you got to now force the film to fit around old footage you shot of her. Which although, was a mistake. Although I'd love to see the Star Trek, the animated series from the 70s oh, brought to reanimated. Life. <laughs> you know, if they take the vocal tracks, keep it exactly the same, and just reanimate because it was done so cheaply. I mean, it's a creative idea, Aaron. I, I just don't, I don't, I think it's an interesting in concept, but I think when it comes down to executing, it would be rift with problems. So I, I don't think so. All right, what's next? Jordan says, Ewoks may be carnivorous, but they but they are not dumb. They surely figured out how to ride speeders faster than the Tusken Raiders in episode two of Boba Fett <laughs> rather than episode six of Star Wars. They're hyper. Listen, they, first of all, the Ewok village is a feat of engineering. Yeah. That tree city they, they built. I mean, that is a, these are smart dudes. He said, okay, switch a, this happens. They figured it out. They're highly intelligent, vicious. I mean, look, they figured out how do we fight an ATAT? And they figure that shit out fast. All right. In multiple ways. Yes. Tripping it, smashing Crushing it, between. it. Like all that. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. These are smart little fuckers. I mean, they don't mess with the Ewoks. All right. What's next? Chris says, hey, John, love all that you do. Kim, Ray and Rob do. I always wanted to know why Rob isn't a fan of Star Trek 2009 that J.J. Abrams directed starring Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto and Zoe Saldana. It's what got me into Star Trek back when it was released, and I have since seen the original series and Star Trek The Next Generation and love them. Personally, I prefer Pine to Shatner. 
(laughs) (laughs) But I prefer Nimoy to Quinto. Love them all, though, respectively. I wasn't the biggest fan of Into Darkness, but really enjoyed Star Trek Beyond 2016. To me, both of those films capture the spirit of the original series very well, along with the cast, while also adding something new. Hold on here. Just curious as to why Robert... Rob doesn't like them. But even though we may disagree, hope you live long and prosper as well as you, John, Kim, and Ray. Love you guys. Um, <laughs> all right. I'll take it to so- Rob. <laughs> take it to Rob right now. Okay. <laughs> Rob is, he is uh, as you see, the empty chair over there. Rob, uh, Rob, he is Rob had to pace gone. around a little bit. I wonder what it is that he said that got him to leave. I prefer Brian to Shatner. The Shat. Okay. So... <laughs> Obviously, we do not have time for a 20-minute dissection of things. But, Rob, if you had to put it in basic terms, why, like, the, the new the new series of Star Trek movies didn't, didn't work with you like the rest of your beloved rest of Star Trek. Oh, my God. I've got I've to hold it together, John. Okay, here's just one point. Star Trek 09 has a villain that is angry and is blowing up planets because his home planet, and all of his people were destroyed by a supernova that happens 100 years in the future. This character goes back in time. And rather than go and warn his planet that, hey, <laughs> in 100 years, there's going to be a supernova that is going to kill us all. Perhaps because I'm bringing you this knowledge from the future, we can save everybody. He doesn't do that. Instead, in anger, he just decides to go blow up a bunch of planets and get mad at the people like Spock who didn't prevent the destruction of his homeworld. It's like, didn't they have science fiction movies where people went back in time in Romulus? He's the dumbest villain ever to appear in science fiction. And that is just one point I would make. And I would say, because I love this movie. Everybody but does. but that is but it is an absolute stupid point, which is why I think all movies that involve time travel are ridiculous. <laughs> because I mean, I think I mean obviously there are exceptions that Star Trek Four, Back to the Future, but I'm just saying there is no problem ever created in a movie that if you don't if you think about it properly can't be fixed with time travel, and that's a great example about these foul these logic fallacies that happen in a movie, particularly this one. Well, it, where it, it makes no sense. And he's all that just makes your villain monumentally dumb. And once a villain is, uh, Star Trek never had, first of all, Star Trek never had villains. It had antagonists. And their antagonists usually had a good reason for what, why they were antagonists. And this villain is simply an idiot. <laughs> all right. And listen, honestly, Rob is keeping this very succinct. I mean, obviously, Rob uh, is a huge Star Trek fan. And he has a very well Jeff thought two out. Or three hours? Yeah, <laughs> very long thought out about why he doesn't like the new Star Trek. But I, I think... I think you just kind of encapsulated a great example of that. Okay, guys, listen. We have run out of time here. Uh, don't forget, guys, there's a big companion video that's going up a little bit later today. Keep your guys' eyes open for that. It's already been recorded, so it's coming up here soon. And there are just a couple of questions left here uh, from the likes of HV3, John Argoat Rodriguez, uh, K Major, and a couple of others. We will get we will pick up right where we left off on the John Capa show tomorrow. So don't worry if you send it in. It's gonna be read tomorrow. But for now, that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campion Show, thank you guys so much for being here and making this show a part of your day. I want to thank, of course, Kimberly Ann Curran for being here. Kimberly, where can people find you online? Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram at wasgoodkimberly. Right beside her is Ray Ora. Ray, where can people find you? At Hoh Island. (laughs) (laughs) Ray Ora with a zero. 
<laughs> right beside Ray is, of course, Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people find you? Right next to Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Move on the whole island, Ray. I can't Don't think of a three. better weekend, Ray. Yes. <laughs> no, you can find me on Instagram at Robert Meyer Burnett. Find me on Twitter at Burnett RM or find me on my own YouTube channel, The Burnett Work, and just put in The Burnett Work in Star Trek and you'll hear hours and hours <laughs> <laughs> and of course uh, you can follow me on instagram and on twitter simply right there simply at john campia all right and by the way big special thank you to all of you guys who sent in the live comments and questions and tip questions number one because you gave us great fun things to talk about and number two you supported this channel as you did it we'll be back here to do it again tomorrow but for now that'll do it for today's installment of the john campia show thanks a lot for being here guys my name's john campia and until next time my friends bye bye <laughs>